Attention, podcast listener. We've got an exciting new podcast coming just for patrons of patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Talking Futurama Season 2 Part 1 has begun exclusively for our $5 and up patrons on the Talking Simpsons Network. That's the first 10 episodes of Futurama coming to you once a week. So just sign up for $5 a month at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and you'll get Talking Futurama Season 2 and all of our limited miniseries, including the entirety of Talking Futurama Season 1. That's 13 episodes. That is patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Now please enjoy the rest of this podcast. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where the knife goes in and the guts come out. I'm your host, the pig in a mud beehive, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of the Simpsons who is here with us today. That's right, you fat cats. It's me, Henry Gilbert. And who is our special guest? Product of the American education system, Maddie Cop. It's all very sad. Today's episode <laughs> is 30 Minutes Over Tokyo. Welcome to Japan, folks. The local time is tomorrow. Today's episode aired on May 16th, 1999, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby, the Moby album Play is released, and it'll ultimately sell 12 million copies. The Dreamcast and the PlayStation 2 were the big talk of the Electronic Entertainment Expo, and the world is on the edge of its seat, waiting for the release in five days of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Wow. What a time to be alive. And I was there, baby. <laughs> day one for Phantom yeah. Menace. No, me too. I was there. Uh, well, yeah. The day after release, uh, actually, it's uh, sadly connected to the passing of an uncle of mine. He just died suddenly. The Pod day- racing was too much for him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, but I unfortunately will always associate the premiere of seeing Star Wars and Phantom Menace with knowing like, well, tomorrow we're driving to Arkansas to go to be there for a whole week but uh, today we're watching the phantom menace was your uncle cremated with blue flame uh, no boom no. i'm sorry i'm sure he was a very nice man <laughs> easy he was a fine guy yeah sure. yeah uh but yeah the, the that moby album every commercial every car commercial for five years was a song from that album. Uh, i'm drawing a blank but i'm sure i'll know it if i hear it Ooh, Lord, yeah, troubles are gone. Mm. it'll probably be under this as we talk yeah, i'm guessing yeah. It's, uh, you know, he took old, like, spiritual songs and then put wavy uh, mixes over, like, Mm. uh, you remember the video with Christina... Ricci? Ricci in it? The, yeah. I'm sure I've seen it. I'm sure I've seen yeah. it. And, but he uh, was busy, very busy dating Natalie Portman at this time, I'm guessing. <laughs> they were besties. Yeah, yeah. As he tells it, he really, he, they were really close, those two. Uh, <laughs> he was. He went to the Star Wars Phantom Menace premiere with her. They were so close. Oh, I'm sure those photos exist somewhere. <laughs> uh, but yes, E3 1999. Uh, it happened in May back then. It, uh, it was the week before that. And yeah, the, the Sega Dreamcast system was already out in Japan, but this was them pumping up the game for its debut in America that coming September. Meanwhile, Sony is killing the Dreamcast just by saying, 
Next year we're gonna put out another PlayStation, so don't don't buy this with Dreamcast. a DVD player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DVD, yep. DVD. <laughs> Going back to home movies. Yeah. Uh, speaking of home movies, our special mm-hmm. guest today is Maddie Cop, who was last on the show, I think, for Lost or Lisa. Yes. So what the, was that the last episode of season nine? Yes. Yeah. They recorded at the start of season nine. So <laughs> so Maddie is now our like end of season guest. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, she. Uh, was out of town when we did the sequel episode to Lost Our Lisa. The uh, Found our the, gaslighting. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> Lisa finally learned her lesson that she's too mean to Homer. That's, uh, but, but yes, welcome back, Maddie. Thanks for having me again. And of course, Maddie's an old pal. She does uh, some of the work for our Patreon, and she has her own Patreon as well, if you want to plug that up front. Oh, sure. Yeah, my Patreon, it's um, patreon.com slash Maddie's Art Club. You can get stickers and postcards every month. And actually, Simpsons just won this month, so. I don't know if it'll be in time by the time this actually goes out, but you can always order back order stuff. So check it out. If you guys go to our Patreon and see the art for each patron level, that's all Maddie's yeah. work right there. And the there, Talking yeah. Futurama and Talking of the Hill uh, frames for yeah. the podcast art. Yeah. So all very cool stuff. Yeah. And uh, in case folks don't remember your last appearance on the show, we recorded that one so early because you were about to leave America for Tokyo and not for just 30 minutes either. Right? <laughs> for uh, seven months. That's wow. so great. Yeah. Yeah, so you were there until like August, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was there this year from February to August. Um, I was studying Japanese at university. So it's exciting to come back from Japan and get to talk about it all over again. <laughs> yeah, no, you're living the uh, the dream of many a weeb to learn Japanese and move there. And, like being ex- well, it wasn't an exchange student thing. Yeah, right? no, it was. Oh, it was? Okay, yeah. Cool. Well, I guess yeah, I guess exchange kind of you tend to think like someone else <laughs> goes there, but mm-hmm. like it's through the university, so yeah. It's exchange. Okay, that's cool, man. And yeah, so you're you must know a lot of Japanese by this point, then. I know a decent amount. It's definitely one of those languages that takes a long time for it to really sink in. But I I'm like intermediate. That's what mm. I tend to <laughs> brand myself as. And uh, yeah, so this was a great fit for you to come back on the show to talk about this episode covering The Simpsons going to Tokyo, too. So uh, so I have two things up front. So yes. number one, most exciting thing, I like to announce how long my Google Doc word word count is for, these, for oh, the season. Oh, at the end of every season, yeah. So yeah, yeah I do a different Google Word Doc for um, every season. This is my season 10 doc. Uh, 24,877 words in my doc just for wow. season 10. That's a, that's a couple books, right? It really there. is. I just, just published just my published. notes. <laughs> <laughs> All of my work in the Bob Mackey Library. But the, so Nina Matsumoto, friend of the show, was a potential guest for the show. So she did a little bit of work for season 10. So uh, previously when she was on, she talked about, uh, she translated some of the Japanese Simpsons titles. Mm-hmm. So she did that all for season 10 and I have them right here if you want to oh, hear boy. them. Oh boy, yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, since this is the season 10 finale, this is a perfect time to hear them. Yeah. So thanks again to Nina for translating all of these. So I will read them. Uh, and this is in the order of the um, the season. So you can probably mm-hmm. guess which ones they are if they're not obvious. So uh, episode one, the precocious transfer students lard dance. <laughs> 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 and okay, so number two, the invention is an introspective dad. Whoa. That is Homer, uh, what's the Edison episode called again? 
Oh yeah, uh, Miracle on Evergreen Terrace. That's right. Oh no, that's not. No, it. no, uh, the Wizard of Evergreen. There you Terrace. go. There you Sorry. go. Bart's Baby Diary. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Wait, that, that's for the when he kills the bird. That's the okay. Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. I don't. I don't really understand that one. Um. Uh. So, uh, Halloween Special Nine: Door to the Future. Hmm. Okay. okay. I, for, I forget <laughs> what the uh, what were the segments in that one. We just did it like they, three months ago. It, so it, in the Japanese one, do they just give like a whole title for the entire Treehouse? It's not just like Treehouse of Four. It's Treehouse of Four, blah, blah, blah. There's a subtitle. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. So the next one is uh, Candid Camera, The Secret Lives of Stars, which is Ooh, um, when like you dish that. upon a star. Okay. And apparently um, Nina has a note that it's a parody of an old show where they'd prank celebrities mostly by waking them up when they're sleeping. So probably similar to our Candid <laughs> oh, Camera. Oh, that's fun. Uh, I, yeah. I've seen re- pro wrestling beyond that where they wake them up in the middle of the night the uh and that door to the future doesn't make sense because it's the one where the hair controls homer the jerry springer one and them going into the itchy and scratchy cartoon huh, that has that nothing to do with the future maybe nina can follow this up with a comment but i'm not sure what that means either so uh we also have homer in it's tough being a hippie so <laughs> that's fun. Sounds like an old like mickey mouse cartoon or something yeah. <laughs> apparently uh it's a parody of the uh it's tough being a man film series. There are 48 films in all. I think Nina oh. brought this up. There's like another title. that's a parody of that film series as well. Okay. Um, so uh, going on, we have honor student Lisa's new experience. <laughs> that's Lisa gets an A. That's right. Quotation marks. Uh, this one is definitely a Dragon Ball title. Kidney explosion, a narrow escape. <laughs> oh, wow. That's extra funny because that one is Homer Simpson in kidney trouble. So that actually is like that. The Bart one from a couple ago. We also have uh, Bodyguard Wars. Oh, I like it. That's because it's that's a Star cute. Wars Yeah, one it's like too. a parody. That's, yeah. a, that's, pretty, that's pretty funny. What's the, what's the actual? Mayor to the mom. Mayor to the mom. That's right. Uh, so we also have Flanders 60th birthday debut. <laughs> wow. I like that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm forgetting like all of season they 10. All sound, they all sound like so much more exciting. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Viva Ned Flanders. Yeah. We then have um, Our Secret War. Oh, that's a uh, Wild Bart's Can't Be Broken. So I guess it's the, the, the hour is the kids a secret war. I guess, I guess. so. Yeah. That feels like it's a reference too, but that uh, does, yeah. The next one is Mania, the super crazy tour of dreams. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that that's that's the Super Bowl episode. That's Sunday Freddy Sunday. Is? Yeah. Tour of I, Dreams. I can't even like yeah. Mania you, super they, you should make a quiz show of this of just listing off the Japanese titles <laughs> and people have to figure it out. There some of them are obvious, some of them are not. Yeah. Uh, the next one is uh Detective Homer, I'm an oaf. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's Homer to the max with the, the police cops. Yeah, wow, Detective Homer. Like this one is this one is very obvious. Apu's grand lovey dovey scheme. That's a good. I like that one. Wow, that's fun. I mean, uh, I guess that episode keeps more in uh, like they know Valentine. They have a Valentine's Day there, right? Oh they yeah, they have Valentine. Well, they have Valentine's Day and White Day. Like yeah. it's even more than when, ours. When the girls get it back, right? Or right. Wait, no, it's the, it's girls the, for girls give to boys on Valentine's and then boys give to girls. That's on right. White that's Day. right. Yeah. Traditionally. I got another obvious one. We have Marge, the reckless driving housewife, goes forth. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's screaming, screaming yellow honkers is a much crazier title than that one. We also have uh, the bumbling dad's tale of parental love. <laughs> wow, they even take the title. That's make room for Lisa. Okay. They even take the title away from her. In that wow. One. 
Be a man and drive, Homer. <laughs> oh, hey, that's a good maximum, <laughs> maximum Homer, Homer drive. drive. That's a good one. Cinematic, uh, sorry, charismatic Homer's artsy days. What? Okay, this has that's to be... That's mom and pop art, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, then it's yeah. going out of order because that's not... Simpsons Bible Stories should be next, but that's definitely mom and pop that's, art. That's then. not on here, so maybe that oh. one wasn't uh, localized. Oh, because, maybe. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Bible stuff is just like not that I relevant mean, to them. <laughs> it could be. I mean, this one wasn't localized because of uh, the Emperor stuff, I'm right, pretty sure. Right. I don't think they were kidding about that on the commentary. So there's yeah. a few more. Um, we also have Save Them, The Seniors in the Sea. Oh, that's good. <laughs> save Them. Save Them. <laughs> uh, the old man in the sea. It's on me to save them. Uh, We also have Mr. Burns in Please Give Me Love and apparently (laughs) Please Give Me Love was a popular 2000 J-drama series. Oh, Oh, interesting. Oh, that's clever. I like that. And I love this title. A dreamlike utopia for mean people? <laughs> Does it have like an actual question mark? It's, like, it's an it, intro it's bang. So it's a question mark and an exclamation point. <laughs> wow. So yeah, wow. there you have it. So Those mean people did get their dreamlike utopia. <laughs> no Simpsons Bible stories and no 30 minutes over Tokyo mm. because it's deeply insulting to the Japanese people. Yeah. Also named after a movie about a bombing of Japan. <laughs> oh, that's... Yeah, 30 seconds over Tokyo was a 1944 movie or, about okay. uh, the Doolittle Raids. Yeah. Of so a, a pre-nuclear clear bombing of japan they they said they were on a different commentary they say they originally considered calling this one fat man and little boy which oh, i'm come really on, glad they didn't call it that oh, i yeah. think they called a future episode that but it wasn't about japan yes, yeah. yeah i mean the pun is right there but just don't do it and well and it's like too i mean they didn't really you didn't know the episode titles before right like mm-hmm. before the dvds or anything i Did think you, by this time actually they, they were, were the episode guys yeah people okay knew them from then yeah yeah uh, and we're just two years away from the first DVD now when this episode aired, which is crazy to think the we're almost entering the DVD era of The Simpsons. Man, that was great. Thank you, Nina. Yeah, very thank much. you so yeah, much. Yeah, that was hilarious. Man, oh, God. I'm sure she also gave us a couple more insights later in this episode. There'll be more later. coming up. So thanks yeah. to Nina for doing the legwork of uh, knowing all this stuff already. Man, so when I saw this episode mm. as a kid, I never, I dreamed of the magical world of Japan where everything was perfect and just like all the animes I watched. And that's this, uh, I love this episode just for the dream of going to Tokyo that I had then. And uh, now we've the, all lived the dream in this room. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fulfill that dream for 12 years. It'd be 2011 when I'd get to visit uh, Tokyo for the first time. And this episode really shows what the American perception of Japan was, where uh, 10 years earlier it was uh, terrified mm. and, uh, you know, skeptical. And uh, 10 years later after that, in 1999, it's like, oh, these are very cool people, like in a slightly patronizing way, like cool and wacky, innovative, mm-hmm. super high tech. Like this definitely shows where we were thinking about Japan in this time period. It's very like crystallized in time. Oh, and I was wondering, too, when the when was the King of the Hill Japan oh, episode. That was 2002. I think it okay. was uh, the season six uh, finale. Okay, yeah. so yeah. still kind of in the same era. Yeah, yeah. They have a the, like a similar vibe, I think. Yeah, I think the King of the Hill one is a little more well observed as to yeah. uh, what yeah. happens in Japan because we talked to Dan Graney, the great Dan Graney, by the way, mm-hmm. who co wrote this episode. He said up front when we asked him, he's like, We didn't go to Japan to write this. We mm-hmm. flipped through like a catalog <laughs> of Japanese uh, things. Yeah, it wasn't until he had since gone to Japan, uh, but he hadn't at the time. 
time. Uh, yeah, folks should listen to our Dan Graney interview for a few little things in here. Uh, I mean, he also talked about how, like, you know, The Simpsons, he didn't think it was that well known of a thing in Japan anyway. I mean... I think Japan knows the Simpsons, but... uh... Yeah, even, I mean, when I was there, there was like a, one of the kind of more popular department stores had like a Simpsons thing going on where they were selling like a bunch of Simpsons merch. So it's, I I mean, I don't know how recognizable it is, but it's definitely people generally, I think, know what it is. Yeah, that's what uh, I think. Grainy thought it was less famous in Japan than I think it, it is. I mean, at the very least, they know them as the pitch people of CC Lemon, the delicious uh, lemony drink in Japan. I like Calpis. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, this is just kind of a short side story, but I went to a um, fan convention, and it was actually it was actually one that um, Ian JQ was at as well because oh, yeah. it was for. Japanese well there are like different parts of it but part of it was for Japanese fans of western animation so obviously like he went there because there were like fans of OKKO there was one Simpsons booth and they were selling like all stuff with like Carl and Lenny together and like they just had like (laughs) keychains and like everything and that was like their whole booth and I was like that's fantastic that's amazing I love it oh man I really love it all those geez (laughs) but I think this episode um it is really just like what most you know pop culture aware Americans knew about Japan in 1999 like of course like square and watermelons paper doors sumo Mm -hmm. wrestling seizure cartoons you know everything just the very like checklist at a certain point yeah yeah Yeah, I think uh, we had a little more more informed view of Japan in 99 compared to say 89 or if you you know you chart just the history of American perception of Japan through Simpsons in 1991 they have an episode that's just like sushi what (laughs) yeah so that's the name of the Japanese title (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but but so this one is an improved it improves upon that but yeah rewatching this now I'm both impressed with the work they put in that other shows wouldn't have bothered with in 99 about going to Japan but oh also, I'm still disappointed by some of the broader stereotypes that that do still appear in it. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that King of the Hill episode up front. Uh, I think it's called Returning Japanese, uh, mm-hmm. part one and two. It's like basically a mini movie. And what I like about that one was it plays into the characters' uh, ideas of what Japan should be. And they're often wrong. Like one of my favorite jokes is the reveal that they never actually entered their hotel room. Right. <laughs> they were like staying in the foyer or something, just thinking like, well, of course, this is Japan. Everything is so small and cramped. But they actually had a, a luxurious room waiting for them behind one of the sliding doors yeah i love that joke. i was thinking of that joke when there were sliding door jokes in this episode mm-hmm. i was just remembering like man that great joke when they they slide the door and see this spoiled uh, fruit <laughs> b- uh, basket yeah. given to it's them. so painful though because it's just like you thinking about their their emotions in that state and you're just like oh <laughs> yeah I, I, well and that fits more with the that definitely feels like the king of the hill version of a trip to japan too because it's king of the hill is so much about oh your preconceived notions are wrong or yeah, sometimes yeah. they are right but in a weird way and like more so in this one it's like uh this is about how the simpsons it's the simpsons wacky view on wacky japan but also the jokes are homer is the most boorish american in the world too and he fucks up a country by being there <laughs> that's true oh so, uh but i mean i also am impressed that they like they got at least you know people of japanese ethnicity to play uh, i think i think every japanese voice in it is an actor uh not one of the 
actors on the show doing an Asian voice. Yeah, outside of George Takei, there are four other Japanese uh, character actors doing just random voices. Sometimes it's like, oh, she's the stewardess or whatever. But I think you could tell like they made a choice. Like, do we want Tress McNeil to do this? Or mm. do we want a Japanese person to do this? And I'm glad in 99, they were savvy enough to be like, let's not do an Apu thing for this uh, <laughs> this entire country. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, bra- uh, so Maddie, did you see this one when it, uh, it first aired? Or? I actually don't don't really have a memory of seeing this one when mm. I was a kid. Um, again, I was, you know, I was eight when this came out. So my my memory of Simpsons when I was a kid is kind of splotchy. <laughs> um, so yeah, unfortunately, this one I know through like my various rewatches over over the years. But yeah, I, I don't I don't have a memory of this one from a kid being a kid. As uh, well, I guess as like a young adult growing up and getting into Japanese stuff did this did it you know spur you on to be more interested in Japanese stuff or did it make you go like oh they get they get Japan wrong here um yeah probably the latter I mean <laughs> I think at the like I you know I was a weeb from early on like I was into Sailor Moon by like 95 96 and then into Dragon Ball so I think at this point it was just kind of like oh you know these are these are kind of easy jokes um seizure seizure joke and yeah just I, I yeah I think by you know the time I actually saw this I was like oh this is kind of cheap shots but what do you expect <laughs> yeah yeah i uh well in this episode directed by jim reardon it's his only director credit this season i think he was he's full series director uh at this point so he only has time for one episode a season yeah. i think i wonder if he picked this one because you know uh the season two seasons before his only episode was homer versus uh new york city so maybe they're like oh you did such a good job with that travel episode and getting everything correct like they put him on the the big job of the next simpsons go someplace episode yeah it made me think that when they when the simpsons travel to different locations they can just pull characters from you know past scenes to put them in the backgrounds and i was thinking while watching this they probably had to create like 50 new japanese uh extras yeah to put in the background like 50 new designs at least yeah well i think some of them are kind of weird looking too like that you can tell there wasn't like there's not the same amount of effort put into like usual background characters because a lot of them are really like funky looking especially in the sumo uh scene if you look in the background they're almost like season one extras <laughs> yes yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah oh, and also on the commentary it's fun because they have on reardon calling in from oakland california because he's working on wally at the time of the recording macarining said oh wally gator he's about due for a <laughs> yeah. comeback little did he know jim reardon would win a goddamn oscar for that and then they, now he's the you know he's the big man to those guys and we also uh we always talk about how uh the writers are very upfront about at the end of the season we're just so worn down we don't think the shows are as good and in this episode there's definitely evidence of that where the chalkboard gag is just bart writing i am so very tired <laughs> yes, it's like yeah. a cry for help from the writers <laughs> like this is the last episode we just want to take a break now uh, on the commentary too they say like uh you know donick and donick carey and Dan Grady were not writing partners normally, but uh, Donna Carey, Dan Grady's not on the commentary. Carey is. And Donna Carey is like, uh, yeah, it was late in the season and we were given like uh, three days to just jam it out and get a script ready. And then uh, Scully says uh, sarcastically, that doesn't sound like us. No. <laughs> like, I love uh, it. I mean, compared to the other short 
order episodes. I think this has more effort in it than um, they saved Lisa's brain. I think this is a better episode than that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, though they also say this was like heavily rewritten to this episode. Like, so uh, maybe they were, I don't think they have like full on senioritis like they maybe had in a couple of the other late season ones. Behind like, the oh, laughter. Old man and the sea student. That is a tired team. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. Welcome to the break. Whether you're listening to this in Tokyo or America Town, we thank you so much for listening, and a big thank you to our guest Maddie Cop. We really appreciate all of her knowledge about her recent stay in Tokyo and her translation skills all of that and we love her art too you should definitely check her out on twitter as oh that's raspberry just the letter o that's raspberry and her patreon maddie's art club please check those out especially if you love cool simpsons art as for this podcast it's supported by listeners like you who subscribe at patreon.com slash talking simpsons this is me and bob's full-time job as 2020 begins and we're only able to do this thanks to the five dollar and up support of people like you that five dollars a month gets you access to every episode of talking simpsons one week ahead of time and ad free the same goes for our sister podcast what a cartoon where we talk about a different animated series once a week and you also get tons of exclusive podcasts that are only for patreon supporters like the recently finished talking futurama mini series where we went through the first 10 episodes of season two of futurama and you could hear the entire back catalog of those that's only for patrons that's every episode of the first season of talking Futurama, every episode of the first season of Talking of the Hill, and us covering every episode of The Critic. So much is out there for you to listen to at the $5 and up level, so please check it out today at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. If you want something as fancy as a square watermelon, then you should sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. You get all that $5 stuff I just talked about, plus our monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast where me and Bob talk usually for up to and over four hours about a different animated feature film. Our most recent one was The Iron Giant, which has a ton of connections to The Simpsons, and you'll get to hear that in the whole back catalog if you sign up at the $10 level right now that includes us talking about films like batman mask of the phantasm kiki's delivery service a goofy movie akira toy story the nightmare before christmas aladdin spider-man into the spider-verse and more please check that out at patreon.com slash talking simpsons Oh, but yeah, so uh, we come to our first clip of the episode, uh, which is Homer reflecting on his favorite magazine. Hey, why didn't you tell me the new issue of Weird was here? <laughs> I love their hilarious send-ups of hit movies. Dad, it's not... Gigabytes! <laughs> They've done it again. Gigabytes. Wait, this isn't Weird. Why, there's no magazine called Weird, is there? This is Wired. It's about computers and technology. Hey, 
Hey, look, there's a cyber cafe opening right here in Springfield. Will you take me, Dad, please? I'll show you how to order pizza over the internet. The internet? Is that thing still around? I know a website that shows monkeys doing it. Bart, the internet is more than a global pornography network. It's a... Come on, Lisa! Monkeys! Uh... This is long before the pizza tracker, which was that revealed to be a fraud? I I w- still want to believe in the pizza tracker. Yeah. I've... Well, look, the, I don't know about the Domino's pizza tracker. Uh, I've used the Papa John's one before, after they mm. fired that guy. Uh, <laughs> it's still bad pizza, though. Pizza to order 40 pizzas. And <laughs> I've had 40 pizzas in the past 30 days. The Day of Reckoning shall come. Uh, still, at the time of this recording, the Day of Reckoning isn't here yet. He has not gone on his spree yet. <laughs> but but in that, when it says, like, oh, yeah, your pizza's ready, it is ready. Like, the uh, I, I at least trust their technology on the pizza. Tracker. Every Domino's has, hires an IT guy to run the pizza tracker. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, what, like five years after this or a few years after this, it was what, EverQuest? You could order pizza within EverQuest? Yeah, slash pizza. Mm, I mean, I'm sure you would have to then be sent to a web page where you put in your address and everything. I don't think it just yeah. sent you a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and now you can just say, Alexa, order pizza. Oh, Which, God, no. I hope you're not playing this. Uh, oh, I guess if you are playing it live, Alexa, order 50 pizzas. There. Amazon Echo. No. Wait, don't, you're activating mine now. Don't say that. <laughs> These Wired references. Uh, in 1999, I, you know, I thought Wired was a very hip magazine. I, I also was like, it says 350 on the cover. I double check this. 99 pri- 1999 prices of Wired was like a $5 magazine. Mm. Like it was a prestige magazine. And uh, it's still going that Wired. Uh, I The only reason I read Wired was when... Uh, me and Bob's mutual friend did their game section there. And Chris, uh, Kohler. Chris Kohler. And yeah. after uh, he left, they're dead to me. Yep. Oh, yeah. The way they let him go, fuck them. I, I'd i rather read weird. And that's not <laughs> even a real magazine. It's no uh, crazy. <laughs> I like that Homer just makes up the magazine weird. Yeah, just like to... <laughs> apparently he's been reading it like multiple times because he knows like the sections they have. <laughs> uh, that it's it's just a copy of Matter Cracked and that it's always existed. Uh, the You know what the actual cover for the May 1999 Wired it was? Ooh, um, God, no. It's related to a thing I talked about in the news. Moby. No, it's the Phantom Menace. It's, oh. uh, the cover is simply a photograph of George Lucas, and it says, Believe the Hype. Oh, I think I remember that issue's cover. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, and we all did believe, well, we did believe the hype because they told us to. I mean, when I saw, uh, this is going backwards to Star Wars talk, but when I saw it the first time, I thought, this is my, this is the greatest movie. I love this movie. That lightsaber fight was so cool. There are no flaws in this movie. And within two weeks, I saw it a second time. And that was when I was like, I'm very bored waiting for anything to happen in this movie until the lightsaber fight. I had the exact (laughs) same experience where I saw it the first time and I thought I liked it. I'm like, yes, they made a Star Wars for my generation now. This is so great. And then I saw it again the next day with a friend. And I was like, I don't know what's happening and I'm bored. <laughs> and the pod race is coming up and I can watch that and that'll be fun. Yeah. I think it also was hurt by like Matrix was way cooler than it. And it came out like two months, three months earlier. We yeah. have to grill Maddie because Maddie is a true millennial mm-hmm. and they're rewriting history currently by saying, you know, the prequels are actually good. What is your stance? I have no opinion. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I think I've seen all the Star Wars once. 
Phantom Menace only really sticks out because my sister's name is Annika. And so she she is like, oh, she like bought like Anakin stuff. That's fun. And uh, that's about it. (laughs) That's that's my Star Wars opinion. opinion. (laughs) That was a test. If you said episode episode two is actually the best one, you would have been out of here. (laughs) Well, when we were on the internet as teens or late teens, uh, the commandment was you had to have a Star Wars opinion then. Like that was the, that was the command of the internet uh which i like that homer thinks the internet was ever going to go away he's like that's thing still around speaking of wired covers by february of 2000 matt graining would have a wired cover of his own uh for it was a futurama cover say, yeah. fry and bender with a matt graining head in a jar hmm. though it doesn't look like how the the matt graining head it doesn't look like the normal matt graining drawing hmm. it's uh his beard is like thinner i don't know it hmm. uh usually the way they draw mac raining is very specific that it felt uh, but it looked like it was drawn by the normal like a professional futurama artist like not drawn by bill morrison to, for free i mean maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe they just hadn't quite figured out the style like 100 percent for like guest celebrity kind of thing yeah yeah or if they maybe they were like oh we we draw matt differently in futurama than we draw him in simpsons oh, right yeah, yeah. well there's a slight different style so yeah yeah oh, do you have it uh, in front of you here bob yeah is this the one you're talking about or is uh, there another yeah, one that's uh, well that's one of that is how he <laughs> looked in the other be, cover that I doesn't saw. look like matt greening at all it looks like a weird homeless man <laughs> <laughs> he looks like yeah. i guess he was 20 years younger but he looks a little too young in that uh, yeah but i'm used yeah, to yeah it looks like a teeny he, like he looks like a weird teenager yeah no the beard is super weird because it's like the mustache and like the beard part are drawn like stubble so we just and that's another one too this is not helpful for our listeners but oh that's <laughs> the one i was thinking okay. yes. yeah that is the february 2000 cover yeah but no it definitely it, it does yeah. not look like like i if i saw that i wouldn't think it was mac raining yeah but it says mac raining in the like mac raining's new show or whatever so i mean Ooh, what aol got for 4.2 billion i'm gonna read this now <laughs> <laughs> and the other wired thought i have is that the front cover i can't tell if it's supposed to be a pale a general pale nerd or if it's supposed to be bill gates because it doesn't look like the bill gates they had in the show before though yeah but i guess i guess when i saw it i thought it was bill gates like that was my immediate it could have been like whoever designed that prop not checking the model sheet for their bill gates yeah you know it's it's a little too i mean he's got the bad haircut the the look i think it's bill gates well it's also like an angle it's supposed to be an angled photograph so you're not seeing him from the normal simpsons angle either Uh, cyber shorts feels like an end of season joke (laughs) wedgie proof cyber Cyber shorts shorts for nerds yeah Yeah. well and also like the coloring on him too is more caucasian than yellow i'd say which also i i wondered if that was just like a miscoloring or that they're like no he's a pale nerd so he's very pale yellow Mm. like i i can't tell i this again puts it in a very 99 thing of like going to a cyber cafe to experience the internet on your imac yeah oh all those imacs i mean candy colored (laughs) like the internet was mentioned on the show in previous eras like the earliest internet reference on simpsons i can think of is in season six with uh, well, I guess really it was air season seven, but the radioactive man episode. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, season five. Homer goes to college. Oh yeah, that's right. About that's the first. Uh, they're arguing about uh, Shatner. Monty, Shatner and Picard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, despite all those previous internet references, I definitely think of the Scully era was when they're like, "This internet is now 
known well enough that the Simpsons will go online, not just the biggest nerds they know going online. And these aren't jokes about news groups like those last two jokes. These are jokes <laughs> about the actual internet everyone used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though I think they're still, I think they had them go to a cyber cafe as well because I know for the longest time they're like, the Simpsons don't have a laptop. They shouldn't have a computer. They they were still struggling against like, this is a boomer generation family uh, distilled in the 90s so they didn't want them to have all that tech which yeah now today there's many stories where episodes are like the kids pull out their smartphone and do a joke well the yeah. space coyote said you don't even have a computer <laughs> Homer. i mean did you guys ever go to a cyber cafe it's it seems like such a it's like a piece of technology or like experience mm. that i've like never had oh i've been to a couple internet cafes yeah, yeah. the closest i would be uh one of these would be like uh in college like almost 20 years ago now when i went um there were computer labs where it's like now i feel like everyone just has a computer or the functionality of a computer in their pocket so i'm sure there are still computer labs but when i was in college they were much more popular because you would need to you know check your email there and write papers there and stuff like that yeah yeah Yeah, no a lot of it is i think at least like my recent experiences in college is you go to the computer lab to print stuff that's basically it Um, yeah i just went to an an internet cafe to print something uh, last week yeah but it's like i always had a home computer so and then like computers at school so i just never had like i i don't know i just could never understand exactly what a internet cafe was for Mm. the only time i used an internet cafe was out of uh, necessity when i first moved to berkeley in 2006 i didn't yet have my own computer here like i'd always used my parents computer at home i didn't own my own computer and i didn't buy one when i first moved here but i obviously desperately needed the internet uh both (laughs) both for entertainment and for uh uh for work purposes so when i uh there was an internet cafe like two blocks from my apartment that i would go to to check email apply to jobs and also to watch the new season of venture brothers that was premiering on adultswim.com mm. back in 06 oh, yeah, yeah yeah it was finally season two it arrived but <laughs> uh so and then also funnily enough when i did get my first computer living here in 2006 i was buying somebody's 2003 imac just to have and it was the monitor imac like it was the old school version well i'm thinking like what did you do in a computer lab you would go and sit down and then go to all your favorite websites nobody goes to websites anymore all the functionality that you need is via apps like twitter and facebook and reddit that's all mm-hmm. like delivered to you via an app on your phone so there's really not a, a huge uh, reason to go out and do this anymore but uh, yeah I think, I mean, if you can't afford a computer or you need a computer for another reason, I just don't see uh, too many computer labs around here anymore. Not yeah, labs, well, and it's like I, well, it's like libraries have like free computers as yeah. well. So it's like if you're gonna, if you need a computer with internet, go to the library. Yeah, if you're if you're in that kind of financial situation, then just go. Why even spend the four dollars to have a coffee or whatever at yeah. that place? Yeah. Just just go to your local library. I unless you don't have a library, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only reason I paid the extra to use the internet cafe instead of the library was just for the immediate use of it and to be able to print stuff as as i had waited in that library line a couple times and i was like i can i can afford the better than this and this is going on a bit longer but back then there weren't um like chromebooks or ebooks where just like okay here's a, a, a very cheap computer that just does the internet and that's mm. it there's mail there's word processor and internet that's all you need and it's like 200 dollars. so that was not happening in 1999 no no uh i also it's tough line for them to straddle with these joke with the joke here of 
they want to do a joke where Lisa insists the internet isn't just for porn, but Bart can't just suggest like a porn website. That would be wrong. So he just has to pull in the silly idea of watching monkeys have sex, mm. uh, which, you know, Homer, of course, he learned about sex from watching monkeys. The zookeeper. I'm sure they would have referenced the monkey drinking its own pee video mm. that was going around at this time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wonder if they'd heard about it then. I, I would think that you're watching in a, in, a, in a late 90s writer's room, they're watching all the videos of monkeys with... <laughs> With, uh, with defecation and sex. There's going to yeah. be a fox sitcom about that monkey. <laughs> Sorry, Maddie. I was just trying to think of like what were the big internet things in 99. I feel like I was probably on, I think Neopets was around. So oh. I was probably on Neopets. Mm. Hamster dance. Uh, yeah. Oh, definitely hamster dance. I mean, uh, Allie McBeal baby. Yeah, dancing babies. Dance so it was like the really early internet memes. <laughs> yeah, there were just like so so many web pages too. Yeah, I don't think you're the man now, dog. Was there yet? I don't think. Uh, not I yet. feel like a lot of those things. And like I don't know, like something awful and stuff like that. I feel like that's like maybe 2001 and onward. Something awful, I guess, technically is 99, but not okay. until the early aughts did it really take mm, off. Right. Not until I started writing for them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read Penny Arcade then too. Mm. I think probably. In yeah, 99. that was 98. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, and it's still very funny today and everyone still loves it <laughs> uh so before i play the next clip i did want to talk, like upskirt websites that's uh i i guess those are probably still around but i'm glad they're not like mainstream anymore those are crimes like it's to uh, like to photograph somebody's upskirt like that is a sexual offense to do that now I well think. we we learned a long time ago that scottish people love filming strangers oh that's true yeah every scottish person does it <laughs> <laughs> so okay uh I also like the double entendre of that's Willie. Yeah. Oh, oh you know like what? That. Just got that joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That it's very funny. it's upkilt.com, but he's so he could either be saying, I recognize my own genitals here, or I thought this was a woman, but that's a Willie under that's kilt. Okay. That's uh, so. Hey, it's a smarter dick joke than you than you first think. <laughs> this is the only kind I appreciate. <laughs> I was wondering why I was referring to himself in the third person like that. Mm-hmm. So, so it could it could be either. Yeah. I think. But uh, yes, let's uh, let's hear all the jokes about the internet that 1999 had to provide. Yeah, this lass needs a bit of groundskeeping. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's Willie. <laughs> My name is Mary. I'm 45, heavy, and willing to settle for less. Wow, this Mary's got the whole package. Wow, Dad, you're surfing like a pro. Oh, yeah. I'm betting on Hylai in the Cayman Islands. I invested in something called News Corp. Dad, that's Fox! Ah! Undo! Undo! Dad, do we have any money left? Well, let's check the old bank account. See? Even after all my cyber squandering, we've still got $1,200. All right, dorks, this is a holdup. Oh, yes, download to Papa. Yoink.audio backslash losers. Oh. We were robbed? You seem to know an awful lot about this for an innocent person. (laughs) 
So we just did like a talking Futurama with a catfishing uh, story in it. Oh, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> that idea was immediate in the late 90s, early 2000s. I'm thinking that writers on these shows got catfished. I <laughs> think that's what's happened. <laughs> now, they didn't have the term for it back then. But uh, yeah, of course, Bart's first thing is to catfish somebody. That's, uh, that, that's the kind of prank he'd be drawn to instantly. Yeah, News Corp stock fluctuates a lot these days. Actually. Yeah, I, I think Homer would have been right to invest in it in uh, 99 because it would take off like with the Bush administration, right? Oh yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. with uh, with the Fox News really taking off in 2001. The last five years have been kind of all over the place for News Corp stock. It's tr- uh, currently at the time of this recording, it's thirteen dollars and eighty four cents a share, which is slightly below the average of the last five years. So, uh, you know, I I wonder. Would Disney today let them make a joke about Disney stock and Homer not mm. wanting to own Disney stock? I wonder. That joke is retained after the credits where it shows the 20th Century Fox logo, which is still in the Disney Plus version. Mm-hmm. And Homer says, no, undo, undo at the end of the episode. <laughs> so maybe they're speaking to the quality of their work or just the quality of the Fox <laughs> network. Yeah, man. I'll be sad if, you know, on some Disney things I've watched on Disney Plus, like Lion King, for instance... I think it is, or definitely it was in Toy Story. They changed out the old blue Disney logo from when it first came out in theaters for the crazy overdone one they have now. And so I fear like there could come a day they just put the the Simpsons logo at the end, or the Disney logo at the end of the Simpsons. Yeah. I guess technically it's always 20th century. It'll still be 20th TV producing the show uh, for the next couple seasons. Hmm. But yeah, the actually friend of the show, Jason Sheridan, I heard him on a podcast talking about how he's like, uh, Disney is getting choosy where they're like, what movies will we pretend we would have made? And they put their, they put their stamp on the end of it. Uh, I'm impressed. The Simpsons even saved up $1,200. Yeah. That's uh, an incredible amount of savings for this family. (laughs) Uh, but but in in 1999, could a family of five really do much with just $1,200? I would doubt a vacation. That's not even enough for plane tickets. Yeah. 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 You, one person couldn't get a plane ticket to Japan uh, with $1,200. Right. Yeah. It's also funny to me in this episode, they have two yoink jokes. Like, they have two jo- jokes about the word yoink. The first oh, one yeah, here yeah. is, uh, is like a, a cyber yoink. Yeah. Uh, even he mentions backslash, not forward slash mm, there. A lot of real like clunky backslash dot com jokes in this mm. opening. Like the Java server is, a, is an okay joke. Yeah, it's okay. But then it's like well.com. <laughs> yeah, just the, the idea of something having a dot com at the end is funny, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, it's like a Dennis Leary routine. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, give me cigarettes.biz, huh? That, that was terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's better than what his was. <laughs> uh, and then Homer, again, real jerk-ass Homer in this episode, or mean Homer. Let's get rid of that. We have to retire jerk-ass. It's a not nice Homer in this one. Not nice Homer. Uh, that he instantly is accusing Marge of helping rob him. <laughs> Even though he just told her the story. And uh, and Marge, I bet she's wishing she'd kept that big jar in her hair instead of letting Homer put oh, money in the bank. I was I was thinking of the hair jar after our episode a few weeks ago. So <laughs> it's like, where's the hair jar? <laughs> That's uh, maybe after uh, Homer finally caught it one day and he realized where that jar was. But uh, yeah, Homer... 
then says he's going to get a second job to earn back that money. And I like that bit because it feels like a brief moment where they're like, oh, this is going to be a Homer gets a job episode, right? He's getting a second job. But of course, because this is a dark time for Homer, he's his second job is robbing Ned Flanders. Well, again. Again, yeah. yes. Uh, which he apparently does quite often. Evening, neighbor. Low on funds again? Yes, sir. <laughs> now, Homer, we can't have you burglarizing us every time you got a bill to pay. I know, sir. I'm sorry, sir. It's just that you and Maud live like royalty in your fancy castle while I got Marge trapped over there like a pig in a mud beehive. <laughs> oh, we're not as well off as you think. We give to eight different churches just to hedge our bets. And the Leftorium's business has gone way downhill since Leftopolis moved in next door. Well, if you're not rich, then how come you have a new refrigerator, an electric can opener, a milkshake machine? Oh, we picked those up cheap. They were evidence in a murder trial. Sweet. We got that tip at the Chuck Garabedian Mega Savings Seminar. Go on. He taught us how to live a Burt Reynolds lifestyle on a Mac Davis income. We've already got tickets for his next seminar. I think you'll find living thrifty a lot more satisfying than stealing. Maybe you're right, Ned. Maybe you're right. And then he steals the tickets and the There's no yoink. that they were under. Yeah. Could have yeah. had a dual yoink on that. Could have had a third yoink in this episode. There's a weird, like, Bible quote in the background of Ned's uh, kitchen. Yeah. Like, just the verse. Yeah, Cor- 1 Corinthians 6, 9. I, it, it, I, I only saw it because, like, oh, 69. They I, wrote that on the screen. I think that was uh, existing in a previous episode yes, somewhere. Yeah. Did we ever read that quote? Because I have it. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think we did read it before. I forget when. But let's hear it again. I, I'm always ready for more Bible study. <laughs> or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. Mm. Homer should have learned that right there. He was being very immoral in this sequence. But he wasn't going after Maud. That's true. He only had so Maud, much time. Eh? <laughs> uh, I mean, well, you talk about how punchy the writers are getting. They are definitely having a lot of fun of like, Homer is stealing every other line to to Ned. He's not just listening. They're like, well, Homer doesn't need to just listen to Ned. He should be stealing silverware or eating his food mm-hmm. or stealing one more thing when he leaves. Like this is really selling out Homer's character for sure. Oh, uh, and also talking about how uh, this calls back to old podcasts we did interview wise when we talked to mike scully the first time he talked about how his view on homer and ned's relationship was like one of envy like homer is angry at ned because he's the type of man homer could never be and he knows that like this speech here of homer's like envy of ned i think sums up that viewpoint that scully has calling marge a pig in a mud beehive (laughs) (laughs) what a weird uh metaphor yeah homer like he he referred to her as the pig is in the poke as well like he which is weird because like homer is the pig she's oh hey maybe it's a term of endearment homer loves pork (laughs) products so much that there's those pig cufflinks too from the wedding oh yeah his beloved pig cufflinks so this uh, Don Garabedian, is that his name? Uh, oh, Chuck Garabedian. Chuck Garabedian, yes. I'm pretty sure he is based on uh, Don LaPree, who had a very famous infomercial in the early 90s. Like, if you look at this guy's face and head and hair in The Simpsons, it looks just like him. I don't know why he's wearing a tuxedo. In his infomercials, he'd always be wearing, like, a polo shirt and shorts. It'd always be, like, on a beach. Mm. And I think they referenced these in uh, Bart's Inner Child, the... Um, Brad Goodman. The Brad Goodman infomercial. Like, it's in the same sort of setting as uh, the Don LaPree infomercials, like, oh, like in front of a beach. 
So uh, let's play a little bit of Don LaPree and his money-making schemes. The second way to make money that I stumbled onto was placing tiny classified ads in the newspaper. If you create and test one tiny classified ad in the newspaper that makes just 30 to $40 profit in a week, it could make you a fortune. Because the secret is learning how to take that one tiny classified ad that just made 30 to $40 profit in a week and to realize that you could now take that same exact ad and place it in up to 3,000 other newspapers around the country. That's what I did. I found tiny classified ads that made 30 to $40 profit in a week and I placed those ads in around 1,000 other newspapers around the country. That's how I generated over $50,000 a week out of my one bedroom apartment and in my okay he goes on a long oh, time God, that's so <laughs> painful he's just saying the same thing over and yeah. over again but you could tell like uh hank azaria is kind of doing that guy's voice and like there are snl parodies of this with david spade playing that character mm, or that guy I remember that the real yeah. life guy and um you don't want to read about how he took his own life it's uh very very sad Boy. uh not not a good end for him uh, obviously you know wanted but for massive amounts of fraud but this guy is such a success it all sounds above it's board just, just three thousand classified ads yeah i mean i mean like when I, I would watch these as a kid and it would either be like buying uh 1-800 numbers or classified ads but they would never tell you like what the ads were for what the numbers were for like guess, what you'd be doing with them yeah, yeah. i don't like i yeah. don't understand what he is like trying to explain at all yeah like, like am i selling am I, something why am i getting 30 dollars for this classified ad yeah how can this ad get you 40 dollars profit a week by well what are people paying you for like it's 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 not that it's a classified ad that it's must sell something or do something i don't know like, if it's like a pyramid scheme where you're buying ads from people above you who are buying ads <laughs> to people above them who are buying them from don Lapree. i would definitely assume it's a uh, a, a sale like that yeah i would think it's a giant scam sure. multi-level marketing uh and i mean he's making fifty thousand. i mean that's well that's also why like chuck garabedian is that same type of guy the money he makes is from getting people to go to his seminar and mm. pay him money. It's not that he knows how to make money secretly and he's going to share the secrets with you. It's that he knows how to trick people into paying him for secrets about money. Mm. Like that's, I'm, I'm sure yeah. this guy did seminars too, but I mean, it's weird to see a parody of him in 1999 because the time to make a parody of him was 1993 when Bart's Inner <laughs> Child aired and when SNL was doing them. So it's weird that they would pull back to the early 90s for this uh, infomercial huckster parody. Now that I hear that that classified ad pitch, it it all came coming back. I do remember seeing this guy yeah. now. I think I think I don't remember seeing him. He's like he is on the beach, but he has like on a yellow windbreaker. Like it's like uh, it's a windbreaker was his outfit in that one. Mm. I, yeah, there was a windbreaker involved. But yeah, don't yeah. record commercials on the beach. The <laughs> audio is terrible. He's, he's like, got, <laughs> but he's got to show off all the luxury he afforded. I have <laughs> access to a beach, and all he had to do was yeah. yeah. It's, uh, which it's like it means you like live in florida like big deal you i would assume he lived in florida because that's a lot of like tax scams can happen there too i mean to many people beach uh beach adjacency is equal to like power and wealth mm. now it's uh it's the people who like do a selfie walkthrough of a mcmansion that they live in yeah huh, no i was just gonna say i was thinking like what a more modern reference i feel like the the guy with like the question mark suit mm -hmm. was like yeah. the, the current like 
crazy money making scheme guy of Matthew, this era. Matthew Lesko. And uh, I feel like if they were going to parody him, it would have been like way over the top and more obvious. Mm. Like I get a yeah. little bit of that from this guy, but they would have put him in like a crazy suit. Yeah. Like, so with... it's just like, it's like weird that they chose like such an older reference. Yeah. No, I totally yeah. agree with you. Lesko was the way to go. But seeing that one of Don LaPree, like his, the hair is Garabedian's hair. Like it's very directly that reference. And just like this, yeah. the sleazy, like crinkly smile like Lionel Hutz oh, has. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do think the energy of him is very uh is more matthew lesko is a little matthew lesko too of just like and these washington fat cats won't like that does feel yeah a little matthew lesko but, but he's got the, the same like kind of coke energy as don lapree he's <laughs> yeah. going through your garbage you know you mentioned huts this also feels like a character that hartman would have played oh, i bet you're right yeah still with us or it just would have been troy mcclure's money seminar and he would just give this kind of speech they they just hand it to him but uh, season 10 is their search for the next Troy McClure, which mm. they, they never really find. <laughs> would not return. Chuck Garabedian is canceled for his transphobic comments. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess. He, oh, there was one more thing about the Ned scene I did want to mention first, though, that I love. One, I want to see an episode about his battle with Leftopolis. Like the new. That's, why didn't <laughs> season 11 have that episode? <laughs> uh, but secondly, I never caught this joke before, but the fridge milkshake machine and can opener all being part of a murder trial you imagine that though i think it's the joke you're supposed to put together is the first two things were used to kill him and the person was stored in the fridge oh, like, i think you're right they have to be connected in some way that's like there's no uh there's got to be more of a joke there right yes, yeah. yeah i think the man was murdered someone was murdered with a can opener and a milkshake machine and then he was stuffed in a fridge like, i like it maybe it's a jeffrey dahmer joke if it's know. a list of three items, I think it is uh, a joke. <laughs> it's not just a yeah. random uh, assortment of items. Although it's funny they say that Mac Davis is their poor reference when it's like Burt Reynolds is going through a lot of money troubles in the 90s. Like He almost fought Mark Summers on the set of The Tonight Show. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's so <laughs> mad in that video. <laughs> but anyway, yes, it's the Mega Savings Seminar, and there's a bad joke in this, but we got to hear the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Are you tired of missing out on the good things in life? Family vacations, jet packs, solid gold dancers. There's only three left in the world. Well, stick around, because I'm going to tell you the 12 saving secrets Wall Street won't tell you. Then I'll show you the three ways to get back to the highway, including one shortcut those Wall Street fat cats don't want you to know. Yeah! Oh, here we go with the fat cat bashing. Well, what do you expect? These yokels are pure Baltic Avenue. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm late for the short line railroad. Let's start with mega secret number one. You gotta squeeze every penny. You see this, Tux? I got it cheap because Roy Cohn died in it. <laughs> that fancy yacht? A bargain, because it smells like cat pee. Oh. And those beautiful women? They used to be men. Oh. The point is, you gotta squeeze every penny. Then Homer squeezes a penny into his that's, skin. That's a good gross joke as it goes up his arm. And Mark's like, oh, yeah. Homer, not again. I think it's, I mean, he'll die when that hits his heart. Like, he's dead. <laughs> I would guess Homer got uh, resuscitated after the in-between scenes here. Maybe it's just like not in an artery. Maybe it's just in the flesh. 
Embedded it travels up his yeah, it like goes up, up his up bloodstream. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's, it's bizarre. Uh, but yeah, so that was a bad transphobic joke. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. that joke, but I, I totally forgot about the audience just like almost vomiting in disgust. It's, it makes it even uglier. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, they all used to be men. Like that's that's very much in the it's a she's a man, baby. Yeah, Austin Powers bad joke, but like. It could have at least gone to a less negative place if the audience reaction been like, oh, smart or whatever. A funnier but still don't do it joke would be applause after that or something like that. Like it's a very accepting crowd or something. (laughs) But instead, they're all disgusted. Like they all are grossed out by it. And I mean, also the... I, I will also like the valuation of like a transgender woman is obviously worth less than a real woman, a real woman like yeah. that. It's all, it's ugly. We've talked about it before. There was the quote, she males joke on yeah. like two episodes. We're, ago, we're so. getting into that era of humor. It's not just the Simpsons. I mean, this no, was like, no, okay, no. we can't really make fun of gay people anymore. It's not subversive. Now we have to accept them. Who are the new targets? And it's usually trans people in this era of uh, comedy, mainstream comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. But, uh, well, then the Roy Cohn joke I, I, is the joke that nobody would want it because he was such a horrible person or because it's an AIDS joke. Oh, boy. Yikes. Uh, I, I thought I was, I was thinking maybe it's like, well, you don't want uh, you normally would not want clothes, uh, clothing somebody died in. But also, especially if it was Roy Cohn, the one of the most hated men mm. in like American history. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I want to take it as that and not just as a joke of, about AIDS. Yeah, sufferers. I didn't even think of that. Wow, man. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm taking these all to darker. Chuck Garabedian. <laughs> And, uh, is on probation. I mean, he's a bad man. Also, yeah. like he's uh, uh, he died of red tide poisoning. We find out. <laughs> I only knew what solid gold dancers were because they're in Scrooge. Like, I, oh. I, it's the solid gold dancers who are the dancers in the movie Scrooge, a real holiday favorite. That's uh, right. Yeah. yeah, I love that movie. When Homer says there's not, there's only three left in the world. Many solid gold dancers are still alive. They they haven't died. Only only one had died in 1996. Actually, mm. very very sad. Homer sources are wrong. <laughs> Though, I mean, he, I guess what he's really saying is there's only three left because it's a very dated reference. Solid gold dancers. I like the solid gold TV show had not been on in about 11 years at the time this joke. Yeah, I figured was it was the late 80s. And that uh, Monopoly guy joke, that's just a lot of obvious... He said everything people know from Monopoly, but them being mad about fat cat bashing, that just is the Mike Bloomberg campaign. Yes. Isn't it just (laughs) as racist to discriminate against billionaires? Mm, I I think think it's a different kind of racism. And in fact, like they pay more taxes than anybody, so society couldn't exist without them. That's true. They're pretty great, those Washington fat cats. As soon as we get one billionaire patron, we have to change our tune. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, Hey, I'll do it. If you... If you if you give us ten thousand twenty thousand a month, yeah. If you were like a mega rich weirdo like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, wouldn't you just choose one Patreon and give a million a million dollars as like a publicity stunt or something like oh, that? Oh man, so but much. That yeah. kind of thinking is why we're not billionaires. Yeah, I also do like that. It's a bring your own chair. Oh yeah, presentation too. That's how they save money. They're not <laughs> renting expensive chairs. Uh, so they are now learning the mega savers way, and that takes them to. Not the 99 cent store, not the 66 cent store, but the 33 cent store. Look, Mom, they have your dress. Mm, 33 cents? I paid almost double that. Whoa. <laughs> wow, this plank is only 33 cents. Um, according to the Mexican Council of Food, this expired two years ago. 
secure by their standards, but we live in America. <coughs> this also says it can cause red tide poisoning. But it's so cheap. A few years ago, I bought food at a 99-cent store, and I li- lived to regret it. So let me <laughs> What tell was you. it? Can you tell the story? Um, well, it was Just like, tell the first part of the story. Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> It was like uh, an apple pie, like little slices of apple pie. I was like, oh, this seems mm. nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, the uh, I had some tummy troubles yeah, after that. I think you might be okay if it's like canned food, because it's like so processed. But mm. any like produce and anything like that is... Ooh, they're making sushi today. I wouldn't buy just shopping in the freezer section in general seems like a mistake in a 99 cent store. Uh, Yeah, which I think, though, they're making a joke about it here. But uh, in reality, it's a sad thing that like people have to who buy cheaper food because they can't afford it. That often will lead to a health issue that will cost them a lot more in the future. Homer goes through that in a very fast way of (laughs) getting red tide poisoning instantly. Eating eating a can of plankton which yeah. is really bizarre i think one of my favorite things that they pass by in the background is there's cans of cool ranch soda Ooh, is, that's a good i do like that or uh, onions <laughs> uh, and that they're all just dumped into the roof of just like just right. in there the uh, nice touch was the that 70 show mugs which oh uh, yeah they might have assumed like by this point oh that weird tacky show is not gonna work and they just made a joke about it, presumably it being canceled but it's a mega hit now on fox yeah in 99 yeah. When did it start? It started just the previous, like, that season. Like, so it started in the summer. It aired on the same night as Lard of the Dance, right? Yes, yeah. it did. Yeah, yeah. It uh, Or Lisa's new friend and the dance of Lard. The Lard emerges. The Lard. <laughs> Lisa's new predicament. <laughs> uh, yeah, they. I would have predicted 70s show was going to be a giant flop. Like, mm. uh, they. yeah, they tell the story about uh, Scully going to some Fox function and he... That 70s show co-star was there And he was like Oh funny joke about us In that 99 cent store Famous cool guy uh, Chris Masterson Uh, Danny Masterson Danny Masterson I didn't want to name him He's a Chris has no crimes to his name As far as I know Okay Yes yeah (laughs) Both Scientologists though Uh, Yeah yep Yep Uh, So they they shop at the 99 cent store They uh, then count their their pennies saved in the piggy bank i love the design on the piggy bank the the monocle wearing pig the top hat monocle pig more fat cat bashing <laughs> fat pig bashing literal uh, bashing yeah they they do indeed bash it in this next scene well let's see what's in the old vacation fund homer you could have just unscrewed the bottom a little late for could haves marge I don't think there's enough here for a vacation. There is for a mega savings vacation. Chuck Garabedian says you can fly mega cheap if you don't care where you go. That's right. Just go to the airport and wait for some no-shows. Then you can buy their seats for a fraction of the price. Are you going through our garbage? That's right. You fat cats didn't finish your plankton. Now it's mine. <laughs> that's uh that's close to my line of the episode i just love how that's Azari right said, that's right <laughs> like that's the that's the energy that feels like matthew lesko yeah like, that's yeah. true and also just how he pops into frame like that's right like that that uh and and warning him like that you fat cats didn't eat your plankton but eating that garbage probably killed him i'm guessing uh, i have to assume that's why he never returned yeah he got i mean he definitely has red tide poisoning from eating garbage pl- 
plankton in out of a, out of an opened can. Uh, it's great animation on the smashing of it too. And uh, Homer again, just so crappy to Marge, and just like a little late for cutoffs. <laughs> From my research on this, in a post nine eleven world. It's kind of iffy. You can get late flights for cheap, but you can't just wait at the airport to find right, out. Right? Yeah, I was going to mention this is a very pre nine eleven joke because yeah. this we're we're not in the era of you know you used to be able to just like wait and see people come off the plane and just mm-hmm. be that close, and now it's like uh, <laughs> gotta Wonder- gotta get there three hours early so you, you can get through security. You could run onto the plane for fun if you weren't a passenger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> jump on the seats. I this is like a little. We're not quite in Japan yet, but I. Did, I did fly locally in Japan, which is one of Ooh. the weirdest experiences I had. I they they like don't check anything. One time they didn't even check my ticket. I like like walk wow. through and you can you know you can you leave on all your clothes, all your shoes. You can bring in full bottles of anything, and it's just it's like living in a like wow. living twenty years in the past or something. It was a very bizarre experience. That is insane <laughs> to me. Yeah, I mean they are. So lucky and, and shockingly, there hasn't been any terrorist attacks there. So it would seem that it doesn't matter. Hmm. Uh, though, I guess, you know, there are stricter gun control laws there than in uh, the United States. So maybe they can te- they can trust uh, the weapons won't be around them so much. But man, yeah, I, I've only gone through, you know, international customs in Japan. But even then, it's like... I the first time I was there, I took off my shoes, and then I noticed no one else was taking off <laughs> shoes. Though now, when I fly with Bob, I get a taste of the pre-check Ooh, yeah. uh, privilege. It's good, folks. It's worth it. Still, according to websites I checked, you if you want to risk it and get a day of flight somewhere, you if you're not if you don't care where you're going, you might be able to find super cheap tickets, but it's a real gamble. Well, but I mean, and one of the issues with flights nowadays is they oversell. So Mm -hmm. it's like, they sell more tickets than they have seats. So you're more likely to not have a seat on a plane than you are to find an empty one, I guess. <laughs> That's true. Actually, what happened to me, it worked out in my favor, was I was leaving uh, a place a few years ago. I forget what it was, but I had pretty early flight. So I got to the airport early and they're like, oh, this flight has been oversold. If anyone wants to give up their tickets, we've got a $500 gift certificate to Amazon. I was like the first one at the desk. I'm like, gimme. And I only had to wait like three hours. Oh, that's not bad. And then it just showed up in the mail. Like the next week, I'm like, I have $500 because I waited three hours. It's the most money I ever oh. made <laughs> for doing nothing. That's, see, that there's there's your money-making scheme. Yeah. Just get all your flights <laughs> overbooked. Uh, yeah. The Well, we had like, we also had an opposite version of this where when we flew down to Los Angeles for the table read, mentioned the table read on the episode again mm, can't pass one without it <laughs> uh, but when we flew down uh i booked our tickets and the morning of i got a terrifying email that was like your flight has been canceled like better book new tickets i was like what and it turned out that it was just that flight had so many open seats they just canceled that flight and put us on the next burbank flight but like they just like they just deleted our seats out of nowhere like that yeah i just hate the announcement because it's on every flight i've taken uh over 30 flights this year because i've been traveling a lot so all of my jokes are going to be about planes from now on by the way i'm turning into a bad stand-up comic (laughs) but i just hate the announcement this is a full flight today so there's not going to be any room anywhere it's like it's always a full flight it's never (laughs) not a full flight (laughs) uh we had a lot 
of grumpy people on our last full flight. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, that Southwest open seating kind of uh, puts everybody riled up. But unfortunately, it's the only direct flights we got out of, yeah, uh, out of yeah. Oakland. And they save a good like $20 a flight by having uh, their <laughs> guests duke it out <laughs> for the aisle seats. Uh, but this episode's in the glorious pre-9-11 days where they can literally just wait at the terminal and hear where there's open seats. And so while they're waiting at the airport, they find where they're going. Flight 605 to Tokyo is ready for departure and has four available Mega Saver seats. Yeah, come on, Homer. Japan. No, no Japan, Jamaica. I want to pass the Tucci on the left-hand side. Never mind. Looks like the Flanders are going to get those seats anyway. Oh, so Flanders thinks he can steal our vacation, huh? Come on! Sayonara, suckers! Yay! The Simpsons are going to Japan! (laughs) Hey, watch the gong, jerk. It's a good joke. Yeah, I'm glad they made a joke about how hacky it would be just to hear the Simpsons going to Japan. Right, I'm gone. sure. Yeah, and I'm sure they must have used that in the promo for the episode. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, oh, I think yeah. they did. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Lisa says that line so it can be used in commercials. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I wonder. Lisa at first was hoping they were going to go to France. I wonder if she's jealous that Bart got to go to Paris and learn French. That's no fair. But the well, Flanders Bart are is fluent in French, by the way. Always remember <laughs> uh, that. He show. forgot it all after one inch scratch cartoon uh but the flanders are real weebs they were wearing all like matching uh kimonos or yukatas whatever you call them yeah they're going to sit in an airline seat for like 17 hours in full (laughs) yukata like yeah it's uh but apparently the rules are you have to dress where for where you want to go if you're a mega safe that was pre-9-11 rules for airplanes (laughs) you had to dress like the uh the area you were flying to I like to, uh, I didn't catch it until this viewing, that the cities they all do a joke about, that is listed on there. They they have Hawaii, Paris, Transylvania, Jamaica, and Tokyo in a row written, so mm. that's why they think they're going there. Oh, I was going to say, um, Homer Homer got used out of his uh, hat again, his, his oh, that's right. hat. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't he, have the too cool for this planet's button anymore, though. No, that's true. But he's, yeah, you're right, he's been safari again he's <laughs> <laughs> he traded that in for the one love pendant <laughs> the two cool for this planet uh, button they say on the commentary they really liked rasta homer in the office i i mean i think it's uh it's funny that homer finally becomes the rasta redesign he's been on many a bootleg merchandise <laughs> though i mean uh, i i not so into homer doing jamaican accents jamaican, <laughs> like uh, it takes me it reminds me too much of Adrian Brody's wonderful Rasta Man uh, character from well, Saturday Night Live. He's not going back there anytime soon. <laughs> His wonderful yeah. Rasta Man character. Uh, His God. surprise sketch. Yeah, he, he <laughs> surprised them with... Uh, some things are uh, are fun when they're spontaneous on Saturday Night Live, but not if you decide to be a Rasta Man. Who did he introduce as Sean a Rasta John. Man? Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> well, he was like, oh, this is... Uh, they, he'll appreciate my Rasta Man character so if anyone will. Very respectful to Sean John. Uh, I also like the Dracula posing on Bart when he like hisses at them. (laughs) 
Uh, but Homer should have gone to jail earlier in this episode from just uh, driving <laughs> through the gate with uh, a stolen truck. He would have been tased by like ATSA <laughs> agents. Even pre-9-11, he'd yeah. go to jail for that. But uh, instead, they get to go on their Air Japan flight, which that reminds me of my beloved JAL flights, Japan Airlines. I That's my f- preferred airline I've taken for, for flights to Tokyo. They, their economy class is, or like their lowest seat is close to first class Delta that I've experienced. Mm. Like it's so, so nice. You get like two freaking meals and a warm hand towel and tons. a warm handshake. <laughs> uh, Welcome to our flight, sir. And also like all the movies that you'd pay $10 for, like they're just all free on there too. Mm. Like, it's really good. And Japan Airlines, because they partially sponsor the film Porco Rosso they always have Porco Rosso on every flight the, uh, the movie full plane Classic. crashes nah there's not one plane crash in it that was there oh, okay uh, you got me <laughs> you got me uh, but yes the characters the characters uh, the family is on their uh, their long flight to Japan and we get a lot of flying to Japan jokes come on Mama. Japan will be fun you like Russia mom that's not how I remember it Besides, if we want to see Japanese people, we could have gone to the zoo. Homer! What? The guy who washes the elephant is Japanese. His name is Takashi. He's in my book club. Look, Mom, the safety instructions are written in haiku. Fasten seatbelts tight. Your seat cushions float gently. Headsets, $5. Sir, it is not safe to use electronic devices yet. You're the waitress. Jim Belushi made so many movies. Yeah, isn't it amazing? They're filming one right now in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Gonna be on towards the end of the flight. Toga, 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 2000. March, <laughs> they stole my idea. Animal House 2000 uh, taking place great. on a plane. I guess Blues Brothers 2000 was in 98, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Though I have misstated all this time that Jim Belushi's in that film. He is not. He was filming a television show at the same time, so they yeah. couldn't get him. It was Dan Aykroyd and John Goodman. Yes, and, uh, yeah. And Baby Blues. Yes, yeah. They, <laughs> Whatever his name was. <laughs> but uh, So I guess the joke here is that he finally got to do his 2000 sequel uh, of recreating his brother scenes and something i i tweeted about this the other day but did you see what bart's game boy looked like up close yes, it's like, like the like big shutdown button on it the one button on the face of the game boy is uh, like shut down in giant text above the button so i don't know what that's game he's what, playing that's not what your game boy looked like yeah i that, it's a weird bootleg i guess but i guess it was not as uh, effective uh, visually to show him shutting off the top of a game yeah, boy switch so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i could see in animatic there's just a an accurate Game Boy switching off drawn in and they're like that doesn't play well enough we need a shut down button yeah well there's like a really there's like a weird subtle joke where he calls the flight attendant a waitress Waitress, yeah yeah, which is like I I don't know that's part being very condescending to so I mean I think the joke comes from the place of writers who take flights a lot who are mad that they're told they have to turn off their laptop Mm. I think that's where it comes from but nowadays like you don't have to turn off anything Thing, right? Well, we finally won that so, battle. I got like, so much more reading done when I couldn't play with a Switch or a Game Boy for 20 <laughs> minutes. I got like at least like 50 pages of reading done per flight. Yeah, now I think what happened was that 
enough people had electronic devices on planes, basically everyone, that they couldn't enforce it anymore. That they're like, they couldn't tell people you can't turn on your cell phone. Uh, they eventually in America just let it go of like, fine, just have your cell phone yeah, on. Just well, put it in an airplane. Still, yeah, it's still like the radio transmission stuff you can't do. I don't know if this is true. I heard that it was never like an issue with like electronics. It was an issue with distractions that mm. they didn't want you to be distracted. I don't know. And they wanted you to like pay attention to the flight attendants when they're doing their whole spiel. But I don't, I don't know if that's like true or not, but I always heard that. That makes more sense. Yeah. It I does make more that. sense. It's probably a mix of both. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think they did a Mythbusters on whether cell phones would like affect yeah, flights. Yeah. That was an early Mythbusters. I remember, <laughs> I don't know what the outcome was, but I think that myth was busted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, the, but I like this joke in the show saying, like if you were to turn it off it it shuts down the plane and it will crash i i mean they're also on the detestable show newsroom there was a whole bit of this of just one of the newsroom men yelling at a flight attendant (laughs) telling him to turn off his phone and he's just like actually you can't keep your phone on and it's fine she's like please sir turn it off he's like no actually it's and he just gives a long sorkin speech about how he should be allowed to have his phone on the whole time that sounds absolutely miserable uh, i mean and it's just all because aaron sorkin was told on a plane by some woman <laughs> that he had to turn off his phone who never wrote for television i, I yeah. guess and uh well i think actually he's he's had real airline problems like i believe sorkin got arrested for like drug possession on an airplane i do believe that happened but uh anyway that clip there at the very start is my line of the episode, actually. Which one? The, uh, the Rashomon oh, joke. Oh, yeah, that's, very clever. That's the most clever joke. So I, I'm going to play the line of the episode jingle if that's cool with you guys. Go for it. That's the joke. We were talking about King of the Hill earlier in this episode. That had a very funny Rashomon episode about the fire when they were oh, volunteer the fire, firemen. Yeah. So it was part Three Stooges parody, part <laughs> Rashomon parody, which is so good. The joke to overly explain it is that Rashomon, the classic Japanese film. Collectible monsters that you fight. <laughs> uh, it's about four different people telling a story that they all remember differently. And so, of course, Homer says... That's not how I remember it. Mm. Like that. That's just so clever. I love that. Uh, meanwhile, they had a real have your cake and eat it too kind of joke with Homer's like see Japanese people at the zoo where it's like they tease that Homer is like racist and then he's like, no, my best friend in my book club. But it is weird that uh, that Takashi, his job is just to wash the elephants. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he's he's got to do more than that. Maybe yeah. that's all Homer sees of his job. And that's, that's uh, all he knows. I mean, he could be like, you know, a zoologist. Well, that's what yeah. I, I would assume the guy that's washing the elephant is like a zookeeper. But mm. yeah, also, though, you know, we make fun of Jim Belushi in his uh, many bad films like Canine Cop or whatever. Oh, the Canine Trilogy. Yeah, yes. But, uh, you know, this year he was just in or last year season three of twin peaks like he's as as james belushi he was Wasn't, credited uh, like andrew dice clay in a star is born yeah oh andrew dice clay he was in a woody allen movie which well, we'll talk about yeah. him later <laughs> uh oh right <laughs> but it's funny that uh, they're saying he's in 
Kanga roommates. Like, that's pretty mean. But you know what else he was appearing in in 1999? Ooh, uh, well, there was a K9 sequel in this year. Yes, he was in a direct video K9 sequel. But also, he was a recurring character in Hey Arnold. He was the gym teacher in Hey Arnold. Oh, Oh. yeah. He's He's great as that character. Yeah, he's just this sad man who's just like, please, Arnold, help me. I don't know. My my son's bad. It's like at a this. product of like toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Which G- Jim Belushi? That's uh, that's the uh, cash for. Uh, he's great at toxic masculinity. The Belushi. Speaking of uh, Rastaman, he's a, he's a blues man. Oh yes, yeah. He he's built the, many the, houses of blues. <laughs> he's the cousin of the Rastaman with his blues <laughs> man character. Also, like right before this episode aired, he was uh, doing a voice in the Blues Brothers animated series oh, as well. No kid cares about that. <laughs> which film Roman worked on too uh, like it was uh, when it was tied into those awful like platformer games uh i bet you he did i mean you can't keep the belouche away from the blues man <laughs> then the simpsons land in japan and uh that's uh, the time zone joke is pretty accurate it's usually tomorrow by american time in japan yeah i mean from the west coast it's usually 17 hours ahead it's it's one of those things that's really awful because they don't have daylight savings time there so it's mm. like it changes how many hours ahead it is depending on what time of year it is uh, that's right it's either 16 or 17 yeah, isn't it? yeah something like that from california yeah. but yeah you usually are there tomorrow so <laughs> it's it's a good joke <laughs> i'm used to the um yeah i'm used to 16 hours because i always say like it's when i'm trying to do math on tokyo time to california time i'm like add eight hours uh, but it's tomorrow so it's eight hours from now tomorrow like uh, i remember doing work from tokyo time and it was one of the most confusing things because this was for an international website with a California office and a uh, uh, England office. Oh, so weird things. The uh, timestamp to Greenwich Mean Time. Oh yes. well, and yeah. I mean England is the worst because England has daylight savings time, but it's like three weeks off of ours. So yes, it's like yeah. The hours are like completely different, like for three weeks of the year, and you're just like, oh, it's awful. <laughs> when we had on our Irish friend, uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf, we got him only six hours behind Ireland because it was our his daylight savings times, but not ours yet. Mm. It was also weird to like be in Tokyo and get the end of the British people's day and the start of the American day. Like it was, it was all like to be up at 1am and to talk to people who were like starting work uh, or ending work. uh, That was always fun. I would just sleep through their work day uh, when I was in Tokyo. And then your work day. Sorry, Henry. Uh, And also the Simpsons don't suffer any jet lag in this episode either. No. And where's their (laughs) luggage? Hmm, yeah. Well, Homer throws it through the door. Oh, you're right. (laughs) I just never saw them with it at the airport. Maddie, what was the jet lag like after like seven? I've I've had real troubles correcting to jet lag from like a three-week trip to Japan. So seven months. Yeah, it's well, the interesting thing, jet lag, I always am fine going places, but what returning is when it hits me. And especially like if you go somewhere and it's like the, the trick is always just stay up and go to bed when you're supposed to go to bed. But yeah, returning, I, w- I mean, I was messed up for probably close to a month wow where and it's like i tried like i got home and i went to bed at night 
But then I would just like sleep through the whole day and I'd be up in the middle of the night. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of adjusting. It took a long time. I only went there once and it was only for like eight days, but I did not suffer jet lag at all when I got there. It's probably just like that was short enough. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure how much of it is psychological, but I do get jet lag when I go to the East Coast and that's only like three hours behind. But I think if the time difference is so drastic that I can't immediately do the math in my head and tell myself, (laughs) well, it's actually nine. Well, it's actually 10. Well, it's actually midnight. I won't think about that and be fixated on that and you know put myself in that state. So I think that was part of what helped me in Japan where the math was not like as immediate or easy to do to like get me back to what time it is in Pacific time. The the worst return to America from Japan jet lag experience I had was uh, from like two trips ago when I was working an office job. So I I stayed up all night or I like woke up at like three in the morning, two in the morning, couldn't go back to sleep. Then I worked a full day of work and I'm like, I'm definitely going to be so tired. I will fall right asleep. I couldn't sleep all night. And so then I went to work the next morning and my brain was just fried. Like I, I hadn't slept for like 36 hours and it was still, uh, I think I was not normal again for another week. Yeah. It, uh, it it can be tough that coming back uh, time, yeah. But but you're all back to normal now, uh, I would think. Uh, you know, I as an artist, I tend to stay up until seven in the morning sometimes working <laughs> on stuff. So it's, I, I don't okay. really know what normal is at this point. <laughs> My podcasting brain shuts down at around six p.m., seven p.m. <laughs> uh, so the Simpsons go to the Royal Tokyo Hotel, which does remind me of the many hotels with like Prince in the name of it in uh, that I've seen in Tokyo, like the sheridan prince the grand prince the sun prince like yeah i i normally stay in cheaper hotels than the ones with prince in the name yeah see it's like i was i mean i lived with a host family while i was there and then when i travel i stay in really cheap like hostels so Uh, i don't really know that much about the hotels i did a well i got to stay in a nicer hotel when it was the game website paying for it twice but other times i either stayed in like cheaper place on hotels.com or one time i did a hostel but i was like 33 then and i was like i am too old for this shit (laughs) i I felt at it quick quick side story i stayed in one of the nicest hostels though like it was it was like private rooms like you had like your own little room with a bed and a tv wow and wow and then they had like these really amazing baths like they had a big bathroom where they had like four different types of baths there was like the green tea bath and there was like the blah 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 bath and like you could go and try all the different baths and like a sauna and stuff and i was like wow what what is this place wow that's i mean look the the hostel i stayed at in osaka was really good by like compared to hostel stories i've heard from friends who went to ones in like europe or south america but uh it still was like i shared a room with like three strangers i had to like walk by men and women in their underwear in the shower to take my shower like it how cheap uh, was yeah. this uh, it was like uh, 40 bucks a night wow, like, wow. it's pretty yeah it was pretty cheap. well i mean the bath thing is different in japan because public baths too, are, yeah. are you know a thing there but um i and i, I stayed in awful hostels there too though the worst mm. though i was like near mount fuji and i stayed in like the worst <laughs> Uh, I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) I stayed with a a friend of Retronauts for free. Oh, lucky. And I was a good house guest. He told me so. Uh, Well, did your fancy friend have a fancy Japanese toilet that talked to you? Oh, wow. And a Japanese washer slash dryer, which is the the same machine. Whoa. Which is nuts. I think, you know, yeah, I think England has a lot of those too. 
yeah, I'd like to save space. So, But they don't dry very well. <laughs> no, they don't. And he was like, let me show you how to use that. I'm like, I know how to use a washer. He's like, no, you don't know how to use a Japanese washer. I'll show you how to use it. Yeah, and and I didn't. He was right. It's, it's Japanese people don't use dryers very much. They tend to hang dry all their clothing. Mm. And they really only use dryers if the weather's bad. Mm. Okay, yeah. I mean, they don't know the joy of pulling a bunch of hot, uh, you know, laundry out of the dryer, though. It's yeah. like you're being hugged by your laundry. It's so <laughs> nice. Yeah, and generally, like, their dryers, they just don't work that well. Mm. So you tend to take your clothes out while it's still kind of damp and then, like, hang it, like, in your house. Yeah, environmentally, it's, it's probably for the best to not have everyone having a dryer in their uh, in their house or apartment. Yeah. Uh, but it's so humid there. How does anything dry in the humidity? Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> That's why everyone has, like, very loose-fitting clothes. They're just, like, drying their clothes as they walk. <laughs> as as a sweaty American, my number one tip to folks visiting Tokyo is to pack your own deodorant because Japanese deodorant is not strong enough for my sweat. And uh, also just don't go to Japan in the summer. Yeah, I try to <laughs> never do that ever. Like, who? oh, the poor people who are going to be going to those Olympics next year. Oh, man. my God. I, I like am in like fear and panic because when you think of the trains in Tokyo that are already packed to death yep. and then you think of all the people that are going to be there for the Olympics and all the foreigners and it's just like I am like scared for people's lives yeah I'm wondering about all the death by heat exhaustion and things oh, like that God. Uh. yeah well and you should like Japanese people are so adept to the heat and you'll see them and they'll walk around and they have like their sun parasols and then they have their little like electric fans and they have like their little their neck, neck wraps towel, right? like yeah. they're like so prepared and they know how to deal with the heat and but if any foreigners you know you go there and you're just like it's too hot how am i supposed to survive i could i couldn't stand it in like early september i was oh like, yeah this well is it's still the summer like, the thing yeah. with the summer is that it lasts a really long time it goes through september and even into october yeah i guess you were there for most of the summer then <laughs> yeah i mean i left at the end of august i left like right in the middle of the summer mm. so it, it's it's some of the worst hot like the humidity there is just un- unimaginable it'll be like 88 degrees and it'll feel like 112 <sighs> oh, it's yeah. it's rough but yeah. uh toilet time yeah oh, toilet boy. time yeah. yeah this uh this fancy toilet uh yeah. i've there's a fancy toilet store in san francisco so i've used a similar fancy toilet to this one i mean we made so many jokes about bidets in the 90s and 80s but it's really the way to go i mean i don't yeah. do, do tmi here but it's really the, it's not even the way of the future it's the way of the present and past we should <laughs> all not be doing the paper thing You're let's not, move on i know but americans are growing uh, even though it's the cleaner thing to do like just the idea of a thing will touch your b-hole uh i think for a lot of americans well, that's too much for them nothing like is it. going in the b-hole it's, Look, uh, it's water it's and a air. sensation that scares some people Bob. <laughs> it makes they, them question they, their uh, sexual preferences it's, it's definitely that was one of the hardest things coming back from japan is like not having fancy toilets mm. because they're they really are just <laughs> it's like a whole nother experience and two and like it's the it's the bidets it's you know there's sound effects if you need your privacy there's also the winter they have the heated seats yeah yeah, yeah. like they really are the wave of the future one thing that's really cool about the toilets too is a lot of them the water that fills the toilet toilet bowl comes out of a faucet on top so they use you can wash your hands with that water so they save water that way 
And they're just like, and they're also like everywhere. Like you go to the train stations or airports or mm-hmm. any public area and they generally have fancy toilets. It's only like if you're out in the countryside where you're seeing like a standard toilet. Yeah. Like or, the squat toilet. Well, right? Yeah. Did you see well, any two, of the squat toilets there? The... Yeah. You see a lot of places, um, especially older buildings, tend to have in each bathroom, they'll have one squat toilet. Mm. Like when I was there 10 years ago, it was even more um, uncommon. Or the first time I went to Japan, that was like I got to the airport and the entire bathroom the first one was all squat toilets and i was like oh boy here i'm in japan now (laughs) um but like they keep getting less and less common but yeah like again like my my school the university i was at it was you'd have you know like four toilets and then a squat toilet and Mm. that's that's i feel like pretty standard now i i don't like public restrooms in general i try to avoid them as much as i can uh, but I never, I fortunately never experienced the uh, squat toilet in my trips to Tokyo. Like I've, uh, I, every time I go into a public restroom there, I'm like, am I going to get the squat toilet? Oh no. But fortunately that uh, has not happened yet. Hmm. I forgot this is a joke about the kids accidentally watching Homer use the bathroom into a camera. Uh, but yes, yeah, so let's hear our next clip. Look, there's the Imperial Gardens. The Meiji Shrine, the Hello Kitty Factory. (laughs) Who's up for some exploring? I'm still checking out Japanese TV. Isn't this that cartoon that causes seizures? Bard, what are you doing? recommended a place called America Town. Dad, we didn't come halfway around the world to eat at America Town. I'd like to see the Japanese take on the club sandwich. I bet it's smaller and more efficient. We now return to battling seizure robots. <laughs> then a uh, very topical reference to Pokemon Shock Syndrome, mm-hmm. which we talked about. Go back to our What a Cartoon from November of uh, 2019, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, just a month ago. We we talk all the history about Pokemon, but the, the short version was in late 1997, the Pokemon anime series did an episode where flashing red and blue lights... Uh, which it, uh, the anime has a ton of flashing lights in it, or did back then, that these flashing red and blue lights caused hundreds of seizures across Japan when it aired on television. They only aired the episode once, and they took Pokemon off the air for four months, and way before Americans heard about Pokemon, they heard about the cartoon that gave children seizures. And so that's the reference here. But... In, in the reality is Japan never aired that episode again. They're all anime got like darkened and there was a big broadcasting laws changed for Pokemon shock syndrome. They certainly would not have a cartoon that advertises itself as the seizure robot show. No, no. And for about like, I'd say at least 15 years after that happened, there would be disclaimers before every anime saying, you know, uh, sit far away from your screen and turn the lights on. Yeah. Basically, yeah. just so that would never happen again. As far as I know, it really didn't, at least to <laughs> uh, non-people with like epilepsy and things like 
that. Um, I have, yeah, I have a lot of notes for this section. Um, there's a lot of signs we passed by. Uh, I was going to mention real quick. So in um, Japan, they don't tend to say Hello Kitty. They say Kitty-chan. Oh, um, okay. So that's just the small note there. Um, so the show is like it shows the Japanese title of the Battling Caesar Robots, and it it pretty much says what it says. It says Sento Roboto Shija, which... That's not how they would say seizure, like seizure oh, in okay. Japanese. So, so it's, it's like katakana for yeah, se- okay. but it's but but like sento is battle, so it's it's basically the same thing. Okay. Um, a lot of the signs they pass are they just have like kaiju names on them. Like there was Mothra. There was uh, what is his name? Ar- Ar- oh, Angiris. Angiris. Um, Ebira. So that's. M- a, a large percentage of the signs in the background are just like they just say like kaiju names on them. That's weird. I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> Is it like I I don't understand why other than just to like make you go oh that's crazy kaiju names. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they just needed something to put on signs, so they're like okay, we'll put these. It feels like inside jokes because they they're coming up in this episode those those kaiju at the mm. end. So yeah, and I guess I don't know. Again, it's one of those things that what do we know about Japan? Oh, mm. you know Godzilla and all Giant those. Monsters, yeah. <laughs> the America Town. I when I was in Japan, my host family, we'd go to this restaurant called Bronco Billy's, <laughs> which I think is like kind of the equivalent of America Town. But the funny thing is, so it's like it was this restaurant, and they have like American flags all over, um, and they would play like kind of like I don't know, I guess like '60s music, kind of. Um, it was all very that kind of poppy Americana garbage. <laughs> but the thing is, is it was a Hamburg steak restaurant, which is not something oh, we yeah, eat in no. America. Which no, and like no, if you no. don't know, a Hamburg steak is basically like ground beef, kind of. It's like a hamburger patty, kind of. It's like a meat it's like a, fish. Type yeah, thing. it's yeah. Kind of like a fancy hamburger patty kind of thing. I've had that with like curry on top of it. Yeah, and yeah. it's so it's like. <laughs> they think it's an American food, but it's not. And so it's like, let's go to the American Hamburg steak restaurant. And it's like, oh, like I told my host family that. And they're like, wait, really? Like this isn't American food? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's good though if you know if you go to Japan and want to want a good Hamburg steak, <laughs> go to Bronco Billy's. I have to remember that, and I also love the uh, the name America Town for a, <laughs> a Japanese restaurant. And my friends and I still call America America Town, like the oh, country of America. That's a good name for it. yeah. I, well, also, can you from the same window can you see the Imperial Gardens and the Meiji Shrine? I'm gonna guess not. I d- I don't think so i like the meiji shrine i think it's the one that's really close to harajuku um mm. from my recollection the imperial oh, yeah, gardens i have been there i thought i hadn't been there but it, i have it's been a really there. cool place yeah. to go because it's like you have this really really modern crowded crazy harajuku and then just right across the street there's like this big forest with the meiji shrine which is really it's like a really intense contrast yeah well um, and Har- harajuku uh station is really cool too like I yeah love how old-timey it is um but i don't remember what area the imperial palace is in um, i haven't been there like most of my palace sightseeing the historical sightseeing i did was in kyoto like uh, yeah I, I saw many a shrine in a palace that day like, t- <laughs> let me tell you um one thing uh on the TV, you see the guy interviewing the cow, yeah. which is from the uh, from Mr. Mr. Sparkle. Sparkle yeah. But in the cow had like two heads in this, right? Yes, yeah. It's uh, it was a two headed cow that shattered oh, was... in the Mr. Sparkle oh, okay, okay. commercial too. Yeah, yeah. I that, that was a cute little reference. But that is like a missing piece of this episode. They couldn't do one Mr. Sparkle joke. Or... Yeah, you would have thought they would like 
that you th- yeah. I mean you would think that would have been like the premise or something like he goes yeah. to Japan and they're all like Mr. Sparkle but I guess I don't know maybe they did that enough already they they didn't need any it's a long on-ramp they take to Japan of just like oh the family saves all this money that's how they do the Simpsons go to Japan yeah it's so it's a weird opening like when I was watching it I was like wait is this the right episode um you think they could have done like a oh Mr. Sparkle come to Japan <laughs> we like a celebrity guest. or at least Homer can see Mr. Sparkle like a yeah, box they go to, or something yeah, yeah. Yeah, so any like anything, but I guess the one reference is we get the newscaster in the background. <laughs> but the uh, the logo of America Town yes. is based on the painting uh, the Spirit of '76, and I like that it is Kool Aid Man, uh, Uncle Sam, and Elvis. <laughs> and if you can look at the the photo or sorry the oh, painting, no, it's, it's like so the great. exact yeah. pose. Yeah. that's great. Oh. But instead of a drum, uh, Uncle Sam has a bucket of fried chicken. Instead of a, playing a fife, Elvis has like a submarine sandwich. <laughs> so it all makes sense. Oh, uh, that's uh, that's really great. Yeah, the design of America Town. Rules. I love like Muhammad Ali fighting Buzz Aldrin yeah. robots too. I mean, it has it has a little a style of like the robot restaurant that in Tokyo that everybody tells you you got to go to. I heard recently on a podcast it's not a restaurant at all. Oh, really? What I've, is it? I've never been there. I never. Is it really a strip club or something? What's it, going on? Whenever people say you got to go to the robot restaurant, I'm like, ah, eh, it sounds too expensive. I'd rather mm. just eat. You know, ten dollars of sushi. <laughs> I haven't even heard of this, so I don't know. Oh, the robot! Oh, I hear it from every tu- every tourist uh, who goes there. They tell me like, "Oh, you got to see this." But uh, no, I mean, I'd rather go to like the Capcom restaurant or the Dragon Quest restaurant. There's That's like normal. eight million themed restaurants you can yeah. go to. So uh, all the cafes. <laughs> I love a theme cafe, man. The uh, but. Yeah, America Town. Lisa's statement here of her complaining is what I did with coworkers on my trips to Japan when they would just go like, "Let's just go to McDonald's." I'm like, "You are surrounded by like, if you want to even go to a chain, go to a Japanese chain at least." The, yeah, you have but the, the thing is, home. though, McDonald's in Japan is different. So sure, I, 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 mean, I have. I'm not going to say I never <laughs> ate there. But I was usually I was taken there by people. I never ate there by right. I, I was mean, taken I there. It, yeah, I think it's fine if you go to McDonald's like once. But if you're mm. like just hitting up like the American restaurants, then that's kind of missing the point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also had a uh, I had a coworker, a cool dude who he went to an Outback Steakhouse in Japan. And I was like, why would you do this? But he did it because he worked as uh, in, for years in an Outback Steakhouse in America. So he just wanted to see from a worker standpoint how interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's weird some of the chains they have there. Like um, Big Boys is a big chain. Oh, yeah. Like the, like, which... Bob's Big Boy doesn't really exist anymore here. I guess there's we like... We went to the one in Burbank. <laughs> yeah, historic. Yeah, but there's like over, I think over 200 Big Boy restaurants in Japan. And it was really weird because I saw one for the first time like in a mall and I was like, why is like why is there a Big Boy here? And then you find out it's like, oh, it's a really big chain here. He looks like Astro Boy, like a fat <laughs> Astro Boy. Yeah, I mean, definitely the, the things they adapt. And of course, I'm sure a lot of people have heard like the KFC um, Christmas oh, yeah. time thing because Colonel Sanders looks like Santa Claus mm. and you know that it's the kfc is in like the red and white bucket so mm. during christmas japanese people a lot of them they have all these christmas specials at kfc and you have to like reserve it in advance and everybody gets their kfc for christmas it's very romantic it's a romantic holiday christmas <laughs> right every i mean yeah. most holidays in japan are they do very like everything becomes like date stuff mm. it's like it's like ferris wheels like ferris wheels are like a boyfriend girlfriend thing in japan mm. so yeah i uh, i always love i learned that from enough animes of like oh the two the the otp of 
of this show is going to go to a Disneyland stand-in because it's a date. I'm like, but Disneyland's for children, I thought. Yeah, well, or, that's, I mean, that's the whole Disney Sea thing is like Disney Sea is like the couple park and Disneyland mm. is like the family park, so. That's why there's good grown-up food at Disney Sea. Yeah. I understand now. Mm. Oh, by the way, Robot Restaurant, not a restaurant. I can't oh, confirm. Okay, Don't wow. go there expecting a meal. Go there expecting an experience. <laughs> I I mean, I want to go. There's, there's so many restaurants I want to go to or bars like... I want the next time I'm there, there's a bar run uh, by the pro wrestler Bull Nakano. She does it, and it's in uh, Nakano Broadway or near okay, it. Like, cool. Yeah, because I, I believe she took her wrestler name after where she's from. But uh, anyway, yes, America Town, let's give it a listen. I can't believe they stuck us at Taxachusetts. Hey, you know, I once knew a man from Nantucket. And? Let's just say the stories about him are greatly exaggerated. Howdy, gangsters! I'm average American Jewel salaryman waiter. These prices suck. 10,000 yen for coleslaw? Don't you serve anything that's even remotely Japanese? Don't ask me. I don't know anything. I'm product of American education system. I also build poor quality cars and inferior style electronics. <laughs> oh, they got our number. That's uh, Getty Watanabe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We we talked a bit about him in uh, the Mr. Sparkle episode. Did we find yeah. out his name is actually Gary? Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I uh, Again, he, I believe, does not speak Japanese. I don't think he knows the language, but they... Um, so wait, what, he goes by Getty? Uh, yeah, because I think it's what his parents called him, even though they named him Gary. I think that's the story well, that we were it's, told. So one thing that's weird about Japanese is Getty means diarrhea. Oh, so wow. it's a lot. It's wow. always a joke. If like you've ever had like a like a kid named Gary in your class. They tend to, I think, do Getty, like they extend the E sound so it doesn't sound like diarrhea. Oh, um, wow, so wow. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but that's like anytime you hear the name Gary and associate with Japanese, like that's the first time you, that's like the mm. first thing you always think about. Wow, I'm going to think of this actor differently from now on. <laughs> Wait, how did he come up in the last episode? Uh, he was a voice in the Mr. Sparkle as oh, well. Oh, yes, yeah. that's right. He uh, was. Mina uh, talked about it. She had not seen Long Duck Dong before, I don't think, the uh, that yeah. awful character. Now he was the guy who was like, hello, let's talk, why not? That yes, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which again, though, they, you know, they, he, he is... He is a Japanese American. Like they at least hired a Japanese actor to give these lines instead of having Harry or Dan or Hank do the voice, which that's good. Yeah. Uh, thumbs up on that. I also think that they they feel like they bought themselves the right to do jokes about Japan by having early in the episode saying America's way worse. And here's mm. jokes like Homer saying he's got our number. Is he saying like, yeah, this is all the ways America's inferior to Japan. I think that was them saying like, okay, see, we attacked ourselves. Now yeah. we can make fun of Japan. It is of the equal opportunity offender school of comedy, which yeah. uh, doesn't always pay off, but uh, I understand <laughs> I feel so bad for the animator who had to draw a table for all 50 states. I was thinking that, like, the reveal shot of how every state is a unique table that's, like, in a space. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. insane. It's yeah. insane. I mean, the spectacle of that, to take up that much space in a restaurant in Tokyo, like, I would go to America Town to see that, honestly. Like, that's pretty cool. 
But yeah, that the Homer gets to complain about Massachusetts like uh, a, a conservative of the nineties would. I did see uh, his shirt says UCLA Yankee Cola. Yeah, and I was like, well, that's kind of an outdated stereotype that you know uh, Japanese people wear wacky shirts with like nonsensical or often offensive American words on them. But I've just been watching Terrace House lately, and they still do. Oh yeah, yeah, it's still it totally hasn't a changed. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Or if you go in Japan and you go shopping and you'll see. You just nonsense or like swear words and and it's it's interesting and two even things like i have to i have to bring up one piece but like a lot of times <laughs> when oda like does english words he'll do them really weird and it's like you know they have access to people yeah. who speak english but it's like they still tend to just like kind of go with whatever they feel like no, it's true. Like, One Piece characters have a uh, good fashion sense, or they have like modern fashion sense where they will wear t shirts with like American or English words yeah, on them. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's definitely, I don't know, you know, why, you know, they don't, no matter what, they have, you know, they have access to like good translations, but they still just kind of go for it, which is great. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of characters. I mean, it's but- a fun fashion state. In general, like when I've, I, I talk about how sweaty I feel in Tokyo, but I also feel. Uh, incredibly unfashionable. Like everybody oh, yeah. is just at the height of, fa- or everybody is dressed so hip there. At least in the big city, anyway. I yeah, you feel even if I am dressed like if I'm wearing a button up, even when I'm there, I'm just like I am a hick. I'm a country <laughs> pumpkin. Spit out that piece of hay, Henry. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay, though. One thing they really get wrong in this is the idea that everything is way more expensive in Japan. It could be just because we live in the most expensive part of the galaxy, right? now Maybe. but uh things were like food especially for me was much more affordable there compared to the bay area the yeah. san francisco bay area i felt tokyo food and also like you know uh buying tchotchkes there like toys or or comics or whatever it all felt yeah. way cheaper and it wasn't just having a favorable exchange rate at the time either yeah and i mean part of it too is probably a lot of stuff like figures and things you generally are paying like import rates and things like that yeah. to cover it there is a lot of cheaper food chains but certain things are more expensive like starbucks is more expensive in japan mm. so it kind of i think it i don't know it's it's weird because some or like things like fruit like fruit's really expensive mm. in japan i noticed that yeah because that's true that's you can't true. get a good like salad there usually and you're just like looking for something green or something like uh you know that came off a tree to eat and just like where do i find this yeah <laughs> and it's like it's and like an orange cut up in a box for like four dollars something like <laughs> yeah, that exactly i did buy the very a very expensive peach one of my times i was I like oh that was bet it was the delicious <laughs> oh it was the greatest peach one of i you know i i love my georgia peaches but that was a pretty tasty peach yeah, yeah. so the the rates like the prices of things are kind of confusing because things some things are cheaper some things are more expensive yeah like t-shirts uh, and clothing can be a lot more and things like uh, games and cds and oh, movies yeah. are yeah. very expensive yeah, yeah paying 30 bucks for a cd with three songs on it and yeah. things like that so yeah it's 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 kind of it's it's a weird exchange rate like it's hard to say like oh it's always cheaper all it's always more expensive it's a weird mishmash in ten thousand yen coleslaw that is hundred dollar yeah that is that is not that is very expensive coleslaw but that is the joke speaking of kfc again though they don't have coleslaw kfc in japan Mm. actually like i every other kfc i've been to like england as well it's chicken and french fries i mean coleslaw is disgusting if you ask me so no no thank you but Though that also really surprised me because Japan loves mayonnaise. Like, you think they'd be... And yeah, they love chopped up lettuce uh, with stuff. So They I, have even better mayonnaise with the MSG in it. It's so good. 
But yeah, no, it's weird. I don't know what it is about KFC because I mean, one of the reasons I like it here is that it has sides, but mm. in England and in Japan, it's like, yeah, chicken and french fries. I'm like, yeah. that's it? Well, I know. I mean, I, you know, I've never had KFC in Japan, but I mean, Japan knows fried chicken. Like they, fr- they fry them some good chicken. Uh, chicken tempura. <laughs> uh, you know, so there's a joke. There's like two types of jokes they miss in this episode for doing all the, uh, you know, checking off the boxes of jokes about Japan. One, they don't go to like a convenience store. And two, no train jokes. Yeah, they don't get a, like a crowded train joke. So easy to do. I, I'm shocked oh, they missed that. So there is one cut train joke about the bullet train where uh, it's when Homer and Bart run off. Uh, the cut joke is Marge pulling out a spool and saying, don't worry, Lisa, he's on the spool. Oh. So Homer's attached like a spool of string, and then Homer ties the string to the bullet train that takes off. And is like, well, this hurt mom. And he'll like, no, she's got a one-way ticket to something or other, like some city the bullet train goes to. That's right. Yeah. That's Okay, so they did do at least one train joke. Yeah, but okay. not like what it's like. I mean, these are all jokes written by people who haven't been there. Like, if they lived the life, there would be uh, convenience store jokes, and there would be crowded train jokes and things like that. I mean, man, a joke about a Japanese quickie mart, like going into that. Yeah. What kind of, what, uh, what wonderful accents could they pull off there? Oh, Hank Azaria, <laughs> do your magic. No, I will say that, like, it would be a great joke joke now if they did this episode where homer goes into the japanese quickie mart and is just like weeping by how great it is like all the food is so fresh and everything is so cheap he would just fall in love with it i you know my trashy uh 7-eleven japan favorite is the pre-packaged pancakes that just have like syrup and butter in between Uh, there's even better the 7-eleven sometimes they're two pancakes and then there's like a piece of japanese pudding in the (gasps) middle which is like like if you haven't had japanese pudding it's kind of like flan and then mm. there's like whipped cream around the edges. That was like one of my favorite things I ever ate. Oh man! All right, I'm getting that next time <laughs> too. I uh, ate like a this bag. This is the weebiest. I know. <laughs> I I would go to Seven Eleven and for breakfast I would often have like a bag of salmon jerky and a black coffee. Like mm. really good, really yeah. simple. Uh, I mean all the and the, all the onigiri they have there too. Mm. Like, oh yeah, know. it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, so sad right now thinking about it. You're, you're and it's, stuck well, in and America it's one of those town. things. It, what's funny is if you ask Japanese people, generally they don't know that 7 Eleven is American. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And also they don't know how crappy our convenience stores is because they'll be like, oh, like, what do you have like stores like this in America? I'm like, yeah, they're scary. Like you don't want to go there at nighttime, and there's a lot of homeless people, and the food will make you sick. And so it's like I feel so bad when they ask about them. I'm like, they're not great. I mean, like all the jokes in The Simpsons are they sell bad food and are famous for being robbed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. And, and then only a pig like Homer would even want it. Like, oh yeah, that their their hot dogs are encrusted with filth That's, and a band aid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then we get the the square watermelon joke which um i've never had one of those i don't think i've even seen them around japan well and if you do they're like a hundred dollars so if even if you see one and even like i've seen normal melons that are like 40 bucks so Mm. you know it's like i'm sure it's great but like is it a hundred dollars great but like generally those things are given as gifts so they're like Mm. a really nice gift to give to someone okay i understand yeah it's not like oh i'm gonna buy this like hundred dollar melon for me it's more like you you give fruit as a gift as a a lot in japan so square watermelons are 
are ornamental, you don't eat them. They're picked before okay. they're ripe. So they're just for display, like a display, an item of luxury. Like, look what we got. <laughs> we are rich enough to have a square watermelon. And they don't sproing into size, uh, into normal <laughs> watermelon size either, I would guess. No, uh, they do not. Yeah, and, and this scene, this scene too, it had a lot of more signage jokes. There was a pretty funny one in the background. It says, um, like, Best Eastern Capsule Hotel, which is like a Best Western joke. Oh, that's cute. Um, that's and then, cute. like, below that, there's a sign that it says, like, five centimeter wide honeymoon suite. So oh, it's that's like, funny. Yeah, so that's that was funny. that was pretty cute. Yeah, there's um, the fruit is like labeled wrong some of it for some reason. Oh. I think that's just maybe probably an animation error because it says like tangerines and there's like a bunch of pears. Mm. Um, the watermelon is labeled melon, which actually refers to a different type of melon. Mm. Um, it's like I don't know. The thing I think of is like Yoshi story, like the melon, yeah, with like yeah. a little stem, honey the tea um, stem. Yeah. Whereas, because so they call that melon, whereas they call watermelon suika. So it's I don't like I don't no. know what happened there exactly. Well, like the like the train car suika or like the, oh the... um yeah actually I yeah I guess it would be like pronounced the same way. Wow, it might have yeah, a different in, intonation. I don't um yeah I don't I don't actually know <laughs> but um and then the the only other one that I thought was really funny is there's a sign that says osake dake which means only alcohol mm. so. That's that one, funny. Yeah, that was pretty cute. I caught a subtle joke underneath uh, unclean father spray, which I, I do like that joke. <laughs> uh, it, it was it said price of a Tokyo golf membership, and then the the price was going up. And uh, I googled that, and there were a bunch of stories from like the early '90s, late '80s about like, can you believe how much it costs to get into this golf club? It's crazy. So I think uh, like somebody on the staff remembered those stories from that time. Was like that that could be a sign joke. This this golf uh, membership costs so much. Well, I mean, I think not that golf isn't seen as like bourgeois in america but you know with real estate at such a premium there too in japan like i think it is seen as even fancier to have a golf membership there back, yeah. to, back to king of the hill i'm thinking of a joke uh <laughs> dill gribble has a lot of misconceptions about the world one of them was that there's no room in japan for golf courses so they golf across rooftops <laughs> uh i uh oh and then we get a joke about well, so Homer and Bart just run away, which it feels like it's the writers saying, let's have fun with the boys now. No more Marge and Lisa uh, stuff. Let's leave them. Like, it reminds me in like when they're in New York, it just feels depressing to be with Lisa and Marge. They're just sad. So this time they don't even do like an egg magic joke with them. They're just like abandoned Marge and Lisa. Time for Homer and Bart silly. There's no joke about how Marge can't buy another pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, they mentioned on the commentary that um one of the animators from for the show tomi yamaguchi who he's he worked in the anime industry and then moved to california and worked on the simpsons he was seeing them lay out the scene and corrected them of like cars drive in the opposite direction and yeah. so they had to relay out the scene and he's given a technical uh advisor credit on it because he corrected them that's on nice that. Uh, so, uh, you know, we could correct some things in this episode, but that the, the cars are driving on the cur uh, their side of the road, the incorrect side, because the American side's the right way, I say. Then we get a joke about uh, celebrities doing commercials in Japan, which I th the late 90s, I think, was when we really started to find out about that. I mean, Mr. Sparkle already covered crazy Japanese commercials pretty well. Yeah, and you'd find these on the internet. Like, can you believe uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in this commercial? They were starting mm -hmm. to leak out thanks to the internet, just these uh, very odd 
Side and uh, like Woody Allen was in a a bunch for the 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 Cebu department store in Japan, huh. and I would have pulled a clip, but they're all like they're not silent, but he doesn't talk in them. Right, he yeah. just is looking very awkward in them. And a lot of them I've seen they either say like one word or maybe they make. Uh, there was a classic one I saw of Hulk Hogan from like the late '80s singing a children's like uh, song in in Japanese, but. Clearly, quite phonetically, but uh, yeah, I uh, and boy, I, I really actually like that Woody Allen joke. Just his, I do to deserve it. Oh, right. Yeah, I love that. It's, uh, I mean, it's a great joke about how Woody Allen is an awful person who deserves the hell of his own making. Like, uh, and honestly, he deserves to suffer far more than he has. Than being in a Cracker commercial. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the references to interiors and bananas. I didn't even get, I wasn't uh, pithy enough to get those <laughs> jokes about his films at the time of the first hearing. But yes, he did a film called Bananas and a film called Interiors. But did That's you get the, the, the ultimate sign joke of the two sumo competitors that I just got? as no, a joke this I time this. uh i just got it upon this viewing because it's a, v- a big groaner it's uh the two sumos are sakatumi and nakadauna so yeah. sakatumi yeah. and nakadauna yeah the, yeah the like and it hurts too because nakadauna isn't like pronounceable the way it's spelled no, no, in japanese no. like the first one works because it's japanese phonetics but the second one is not so it's like even worse <laughs> Uh, that's uh, honestly the the sumo section is the low point of the episode yeah. for me. It's the worst yeah. jokes they did about Japanese stereotypes, and they they do kill the emperor. So yeah, I mean, first they must have spent so much money to get front row at a sumo show. Then they do like, uh, oh, Homer. It's such like a first drafty joke of like, Homer would see a sumo wrestler spreading salt around. He'd ask for salt on his pretzel that he's eating. Like, at least like mm, $50 pretzel. That's at least a funny Yeah, guy. yeah. It's it's not the best stuff in this episode. No. And uh, I guess it is funny that Homer thinks it's professional wrestling, you know? Yeah, But that's yeah. about it. They, they mention on the commentary that like, Bart really does smash him hard in the face with a chair, that sumo wrestler like it's uh it's really rough but uh yes why don't we hear some of the sumo wrestler scene here if only so we can check the accuracy of the japanese spoken here <laughs> hey what's baby huey doing it says here they throw salt before they wrestle to purify the ring hmm. bear some salt tubby tubby anonamaiはここの方が傷つくよわしが太ってるのは生まれつきなんだ食べるの so I, I, the one part of that I do like is that Homer thinks he's a wrestling character called the Emperor, <laughs> and then when he beats him, he takes his title. Oh yes, so. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, that definitely it looks like they at least drew what the Emperor looked like at the time in 1999. Yeah. And we previously had a uh, "I'm not fat, it's glandular" or whatever joke, uh, which yeah. is really just like a sort of a taste like chicken joke, where it's just like, come on, do that, do something else. But it's said in Japanese, so it's yeah. different. Like, uh, so how accurate were this? Was that language? There? I, I mean, as far as I can tell, you know, with my level of Japanese, it seemed accurate. Um, I mean, this is obviously a native speaker that gives credence to it. Mm. Uh, the only thing, I mean, one thing like I pick up on is 
the the nuance is like a literal translation is that he says like my heart hurts, which is which means oh. you know it hurts my feelings, but like <laughs> yeah. literally like the actual like wordage is like oh it hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as as far as my understanding goes, it seemed accurate. Oh, I have a list of the Japanese actors who were uh, cast especially for this. And in addition to Gary Watanabe and George Takei, there's also Denise Kumagai, Karen Murayama, and Keon Young. Those are the uh, char- those are the actors. Uh, in addition to the bigger name stars, uh, Karen Murayama, she she was used previously. I believe she's also Mr. Sparkle. She's like if you saw her face, you'd be like, oh, I've seen her in a million. Uh, shows playing or movies playing like a nurse or a parking attendant she's but she's a really funny actress uh she was the if you're a larry david fan and curb your enthusiasm she's the parking attendant who was mad he didn't tip her or like and she was demanding a 20 dollar tip or if you're a hardcore fan of pulp fiction she's one of the people looking over bruce willis's character after he got in the car accident that's uh, that's karen mariyama there too and all you Night Court fans out there might recognize Denise uh, Kumagai, who played the uh, immigrant Vietnamese wife of the character Mac, the court oh, clerk. Oh, she was Mac's wife. Yeah, wow. and like a lot of the series was about her getting her citizenship. I think. Yeah, 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 I remember that now. Yeah, she was she was one of like three. There was the episode where her and three other women were having babies, right? That's in, right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's weird. I don't know why, but often you get uh, different sorts of uh, Asians playing Japanese women. But this is a case where a Japanese woman was playing a different uh, race of person yeah i mean a lot for american casting back then and i i think still now occasionally they just go like uh, you know Ch- japanese chinese so they can play yeah. whatever yeah i mean like it's it was a lot of chinese actresses in the um geisha movie the geisha film yeah yeah, yeah. geisha town <laughs> the old geisha town <laughs> uh but yeah homer just <sighs> Homer spinning the emperor over his head and throwing him into a dumpster of used sumo sumo thongs. It's just, it's not their smartest joke, I think. Have you guys, have either of you watched sumo at all? Uh, no, you know, I never have. I never really have. I'm more of a pro wrestling fan than a sumo one. It's, it's, it's a good show. It's, it's really intense. Um, too, while I was there, I don't know, he's probably still popular, but my family was really obsessed with this one sumo wrestler who had like this, like really cute, like baby face. (laughs) And I think like, that's one of the reasons he was like super popular because he was like this adorable looking sumo. And I think he was also like kind of smaller as well. So everyone was always like rooting for him because he's kind of like this like adorable, like underdog so it's cute Henry um, was a big fan of Yonazuka <laughs> Yokozuna <laughs> Yokozuna sorry damn it the WWF champion which is actually just like a title in right uh, it's like wrestling. the yeah it's like the highest like title in, yeah. in sumo mm-hmm. it's like grandmaster of chess right yeah yeah but, uh but yeah that, I know I should go to a sumo thing but usually I again I'm like well but I could spend that money on a pro <laughs> just, wrestling or just show. like watch it on yeah. tv or something it's just it's a really unique sport and it's a lot of fun to watch uh, then uh, Homer and Bart go to jail, which uh, jails in Japan are not fun. You don't want to be in jail in Japan. Speaking of geisha, they're here. Oh, yes. Yeah, in the they're, prison in, cell. they're in prison. I mean, this is very silly. Joke. I at least like the design of the cop is very accurate with his white gloves. I like mm, that. Yeah. Like, yeah. But uh, and I mean, also the joke that in the prison cell, they have the sliding paper doors as well that you can just walk <laughs> out of that. It's a cute joke. And then apparently Homer and Bart got indoctrinated into Japanese culture uh, while in prison, which uh, that's that's very odd. 
uh, I mean, like uh, the the times I hear of Americans put in Japanese prisons, it's usually of uh, for drug offenses. Yeah, like, yeah. They the the Japan does not joke around. Even like marijuana, they do not. Oh joke yeah, around. well, and certain things like Vic's body rub is what? banned. Um, wow. There's certain things that you wouldn't expect, but I guess I don't know if it can be used to make meth or something. Mm-hmm. There's certain methamphetamine based like prescription medicine for like ADHD is totally banned like you can't even get in with a prescription wow um so there yeah their substance control is really extreme and like yeah it's like if i you know every few months you'll hear a japanese celebrity if they get caught with marijuana and then they have to do like a big public apology yeah yeah. and so yeah it's drugs are the drug culture there is very different there was i mean there was recently a controversy in a video game that i was thinking uh, of that judgment where a character had to be completely recast at post-release or like maybe right before release in Japan. No, it was post-release. He's patched out. Uh, he was an actor playing a major role in it, but he got busted for cocaine, which like in America, it, now we just shrug like, oh, a, a I mean, you assume, yeah, you assume yeah, they duh, do it, yeah. right? You assume every celebrity is on coke or uh, coming down from coke. Or, or there was also a, a pro wrestler I really like, Matt Seidel. He, uh, in America, he is like, like a known super pothead, which the secret of pro wrestlers is at least half of them are high all the time because they are in incredible pain and stressed out. So he's a big pot advocate. He also performed in Japan a lot and he went over there without stuff in his possession, but he had his jeweler there with his jewel, uh, you know, vape pen with Mm. him and the tubes had residue in it. And they're like, this is pot residue in this thing. You're under arrest. Like he was in jail for a month. Oh my God. And barred uh, probably for life from every country. Yeah. So uh, that fortunately Homer did not have any drugs with him. in (laughs) Uh, They leave the jail. They take a walk through the park, which that reminds me of like uh, the park in Shinjuku I walked through, which was really, I think it's Yogi Park. I I think. I hate that it's called that because I think of that stupid cartoon (laughs) every time. My my brain is poisoned. Uh, Well, it's a nice, it's a nice park though. Yeah. yeah. uh, And no nineties Hanna-Barbera characters are there. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, actually you brought up the pod in Japan thing. I'm surprised because um, Paul McCartney got busted in Japan for marijuana. possession they could have done a joke about that because that's like another touchstone like what do americans know about japan paul mccartney got arrested at the airport like in the 80s yeah yeah Yeah. you're right they didn't go there either but uh but where they do go is to the park and homer shows off his japanese language skills and origami so i guess now bart knows french and japanese (laughs) at this point it's canon now can we do something japanese oh i'm sick of doing japanese stuff in jail, we had to be in this dumb kabuki play about the 47 Ronin, and I wanted to be Oshi, but they made me Ori. Then we had to do two hours of origami, followed by flower arranging and meditation. Satori no Himitsu Oshi Eruno? Dameyo. Honey, I know you want to see Japan, but we're down to our last million yen. Don't worry, Ichiban. I'll show you something <laughs> Japanese. Oh, it's beautiful dad it's a crane the japanese believe they bring good luck be careful we need that money to get home (gasps) so what is doe what is he saying um i mean he's just like 
kind of just like like it's weird because Japanese has really mild curse words. So he says shimatta bakame, which is just like it's like the same as saying like crap or something. It's just mm. like a yeah. So I mean, it's a pretty good equivalent, I would say. It's just kind of like a you know oh rats kind of curse word. Yeah, like Japanese curse words are so mild because like well, my I, fans have lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know. Shit, Goku. Vegeta's <laughs> like fuck. <laughs> um, I think like one of the probably one of the m- ones that like maybe Americans tend to know is is kuso, which is mm. like it's like a literal. It's like similar to crap. It's like a literal excrement word. But it's something you'll hear in like children's programming or like oh. in, you know, like young boys manga and stuff like that. So it's really probably better translated as like crap, like a really mm. mild swear word rather than like shit or something, you know, a little more intense. It's not like a it's not like something that needs to be like bleeped. It's something that like, you know, a person can say without huge consequence. And they have like words like like somajime, which is like you you would say that about someone majime is like really serious like serious so you'd say mm. like like they're they're i don't know how to like properly say it. it's like they're really serious they're like crappy serious so yeah it's just like he's just throwing out some mild curse words the one that gets me is that what bart says he's it's translated as foreign devils yeah so that that sounded like the long version of gaijin right, right? he says gaikokujin which is like the polite way to address a foreigner a lot of, you know, probably people are fairly familiar with gaijin, which is kind of a more, like, crude way to address a foreigner. It's like an outsider or something kind of like that. And mm. so it's weird that they they subtitle that as foreign devils because it's like he's actually using, like, a really, like, normal, polite word rather than something, um, you know, that, that would be, like, a The more them. informal, negative version. That, right. The, the Dan and Nancy's accents on that are pretty good. Yeah, they, sounds, did, they did yeah. a good job. It, um, Maybe one of the Japanese actors was there to coach them Yeah, I was it. thinking that because, the, the, you know, they have at least some kind of uh, proper tonation going on. Yeah, so. it's it's better than when Nancy in... Nancy in A Star Is Burns says, you know, tapu stars no chizu mapu, like that... Uh, I think I'd ask Nina to translate that for me. And she's like, wow, I didn't even uh, like, it's so garbled. She didn't even read it as here. It is Japanese. The first <laughs> time she heard it. Like, yeah, I, they, they definitely are saying Japanese better in this. Yeah, for sure. I love the animation, not Marge, like scratching her na- uh, Anxiously, neck. Anxiously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. Uh, but uh, Homer also lost those origami skills. He forgot those as well after this episode. Yeah, but they lost about $9,000 USD. <laughs> there's no million yen note either. Like, there's 10000 is the biggest it gets, which that's 100 bucks, you know. Yeah. But uh, yes, they say they call that a million yen bill there that they lose. Yeah, which uh, is insane. Like, that the Simpsons are walking around with 10, like, after all the money they've spent so far, they have $10,000. Right. Yeah. They have Nine, like 9, five times, 10 times as much as they had for the trip. <laughs> I was unlucky the first time I went to Japan, and it was one of the rare times where the foreign exchange was bad for the u.s dollar like mm. it was uh like a dollar 20 to get a hundred yen instead of uh you the better opposite of experience of like 
80 cents to get 100 yen. Like, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the time to time it. But uh, yeah, it just flies away. Uh, the Simpsons are screwed. I think also the, the Mega Savers thing at least makes sense at this point of like, since they bought when there was an empty flight, they apparently didn't buy a round trip one because they just got whatever seat was open on their flight to Japan. So that's why they haven't purchased their plane tickets yeah. back yet. So that actually does make sense. It's not a plot hole that, that they tracks, don't have tickets yeah. home. Yeah. Uh, they head to the U.S. Embassy at the start of the next scene uh, where it sounds like they're going to help Homer, but they're actually just helping him out of the, uh, the, the security uh, scanner. I wonder if the U.S. Embassy isn't helping Homer because of all he did in Australia. They're like, <laughs> we remember Australia. You're not allowed. We're not helping you again at the U.S. government. Uh, I would also think that it's uh, actually really hard to get a job in Japan if you're not a legal resident or mm. don't have a work visa. Yeah, I mean, I I worked like part-time job at my school and I had to like I had to well I it, like it wasn't necessarily a work visa but I had to like for as part of my student visa I had to fill out like a separate form that was mm. like oh I might want to do a part-time job so yeah <laughs> you can't just you can't just go and get a job there I mean fish cutting is so low skill that it wouldn't be I guess that might be they ask fewer questions at Osaka fish concern but uh, still I I feel like they couldn't just have any job there uh, but yes, it's it's time for gutting fish. Every truckload of fish we gut brings us thirty-one cents closer to those tickets home. And I think I finally found what I was put on this earth to do. Knife goes in, guts come out. Knife goes in, guts come out. Spare my life, and I will grant you three wills. Ah! Knife goes in, guts come out. Yippee! Time for the company loyalty song. Knife goes in, the guts will come out. That's what Osaka Seafood Concern is all about. <laughs> well, this sucks. What else is on? Thank you. You have fulfilled our dreams and dreams of our ancestors. Tune in tomorrow when another lucky family tries to win their dreams on the Happy Smile Super Challenge Family Wish Show. Family Wish Show. That gives me an idea. I think we all had that idea. I didn't. What is it? Lunch? <laughs> More shitting on Marge. For like Marge's like, I have an idea. Like everybody knows it, Mom. Except Shut for up. Homer. Yes, yeah. Now we're about to launch into the uh, Japanese game show parody section of this episode. Mm -hmm. And I was clued into this uh, whole phenomenon as a viewer of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. The classic 1994 sketch Japanese game show, which... Uh, I don't know if I would think it was funny now, but I thought it was so funny uh, back then. <laughs> Basically, it is all in quote-unquote Japanese, meaning they ha they throw out a few Japanese words, but I think it's mostly gibberish. I mm. haven't watched the entire sketch again, the check, but what I liked about it is it play, uh, Chris Farley plays Mr. Sweaty Guy. Uh, <laughs> he does not speak Japanese, and the punishment for getting a question wrong on this game show is they hand you a knife in a, in a rag, you cut your finger off, and you give it to them. <laughs> And the end of the um, the end of the sketch is like basically Final Jeopardy, where they hook electrodes up to his nipples and testicles and ask him questions while they electrocute him. And it's uh, it was very funny when I was a kid, but it was a, a joke about this idea. But mm. I, if you want to see Chris Farley screaming, 
uh, this is a good sketch for that. And yeah. Mike Myers is playing the Japanese uh, host. Oh, yeah, yeah, he sure is. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, and Alec Baldwin <laughs> and uh, Janine Garofalo are on the sketch, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I, it's always fun to see. Uh, I, he's not exactly Matt Foley, but he is Matt Foley. Yeah. It? I mean, like you said, he's Mr. Sweaty Guy. He, as I recall, his screaming is funny. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Him just screaming, Lord, help me. I don't speak <laughs> Japanese. Very uh, funny. Sorry, I blew out the mic there. No, yeah, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I guess in the late 90s, it became just showing us clips from crazy Japanese game shows just became a joke, and they were popularized to us then. I, well, I did want to say real quick about the fish gutting thing, but also the commercial for the game show. It's funny how they want to be accurate sometimes, and other times they're like, look. It's English on the TV. They just hear English. Everybody speaks English in the game show later. The jingle for Osaka, this Osaka company, is in English, too. Yeah, yeah. and it's like uh, Robots Be Right Back for the robot cartoon. Yes, yeah. So they, it's stuff's in Japanese until they decide it's funnier to just have somebody say stuff in accented English. Yeah, well, and as far as Japanese game show exposure, um, what was the what was the show that they used to have on TV that was like dubbed over in English? Oh, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Yeah, yeah. is that? Yes, I mean, yeah. is that was that around at this time? Because I feel um, like that would have been people's. Yeah, that was like Takeshi's Challenge or something. Oh, there. so I have a note yeah. about this from oh, okay, uh, a friend yeah. of the show, Nina okay. Matsumoto. This is a, a comment from uh, Nina Matsumoto, friend of the show, who wants to talk a bit about uh, Japanese game shows. So she says the condemnation of LOL wacky Japanese game show is very important to me. Like every single one of these games are played by comedians and or celebrities on a variety show. They don't subject civilians to this stuff. And of course they're nuts. They're meant to get extreme reactions out of comedians and many of them are downright hazing rituals, which are veteran comedians subjecting young amateurs to weird physical stunts. Takeshi's Castle had actual civilian contestants, but that was only on the air for like a few years in the 80s. So a lot of these clips in America you were viewing out of the context of who these people are and the purpose of the sketch or the bit. Mm. You were just viewing them as like, oh, they must make everybody do this. And like normal people are being tortured. But really, they were all stunts often, you know. People wanting to be famous. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, or just already famous people. Like the variety shows you'll see on Japanese television, a lot of times you'll see the same actors on like different variety shows. I think probably like a gift that a lot of people recognize is the one of the guy like biting the oh it was what's the, chocolate yeah in the room it's one? like the yeah, guy like yeah. biting the handle off the door and yeah. so that would be yeah that would be a show that it's it's like celebrities playing it and I watched like I remember watching one when I was there that was like. I think there were like four people and they each had a bowl of ramen and one of them was really spicy. And the four of them had to try to make people guess which one was the spice, like guess incorrectly. So it's like if they had a normal one, they might pretend that it was oh, really they, spicy oh, or if they had the spicy, they tried to pretend it was normal. So it's like just like these yeah. really, I mean, they're silly and like, yeah, like like Nina said, they're they're entertainment value. They're not you know, American game shows where these are people trying to win something. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, like, a few years later, we had basically the Eat Bugs Challenge game yes, show. Yes, Fear so. Factor yeah. oh and All Imitators. Those, yeah. those were way crazier, and those often, yeah, they were with regular people who were doing it, who were just like, uh, time to eat every part of a bull you would never eat. Let's all eat the, or like, yeah. just the penis challenge of eating different <laughs> animals' genitals. I mean... Yeah, and this falls yeah. into the sort of, like, wacky Japan thing that I still yeah. see occasionally, but it was really like hitting home around this time where 
uh, I, I certainly fell for it a bit too, but I think it's patronizing in that a lot of it is people thinking like, well, they couldn't possibly know this is funny. Like mm-hmm. we're looking at it ironically. It's like, no, they're making funny things for you to laugh at. It's not like they're not in on the joke, but a lot of this was viewed like ironically, like, oh, they, they think this is serious, but it's like, no, they're up front. They want this to be funny and to entertain you. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, it, we talked about it in the, the Japanese commercial one too. It's just a real kind of, xenophobic viewpoint of just like these these funny commercials couldn't possibly be funny on purpose like when they they're as entertaining as as an american funny commercial in intentionally so i think it uh that it comes off as like infantilizing a, a foreign country in those cases yeah, yeah like describing like super mario like he, yeah he eats a mushroom and he stomps on turtles that's fucking insane man who thought of that shit <laughs> like it's just the fun whimsical idea yeah. i mean you could reductively explain superman in that same way and yeah like a guy puts on red underpants and jumps around that crazy country america uh, yeah, I think, yeah, again, we've had a million worse shows than anything they've done to comedians on t- that uh, that Takeshi Kitano did to any comedian. We've done far worse. They just had that Netflix game show. I don't even know if it's still on Netflix, but it was basically the We Electrocute You game show. Yes. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think uh, there, what was it? Don't Flinch? I think that was something like that. Oh my that. God. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, not to mention all the prank shows that weren't even like you win something. It's just like... Uh, <laughs> they made you think someone was dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, they they head on to the game show. It's also funny. They just like... The instant the Simpsons learn of the game show, they can get on it. They're like, oh, we know about this game show. Time to get on it. But I wonder if that's really where this came from. They're like, you know what? The Simpsons should be on a wacky get Japanese game show. That's the episode. I'm sure that was the idea they started with. And uh, George Takei is back on the show. Mm-hmm. Last time he played Akira? Was that really that long ago? I got to be forgetting something, right? Uh, yes, there is one in the middle. This is his third appearance on the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was Akira in the sushi episode and yeah he was also going to be on the marge versus the monorail episode but uh leonard nimoy took the role instead because george takei did not want to badmouth public transit even like in a goofy comedy like the simpsons <laughs> uh i love the joke about how he's uh <laughs> i yes i love the joke about how uh, they're like oh we traded up for spock from sulu there uh but yes in an old man in the key actually he's in another one as a chinese waiter in that one interesting sorry yes this is his second of three appearances yeah yeah and uh but then he'll appear in two more but as himself he'll be in that one and i guess hank azaria plays him when george takei is busy yes yeah (laughs) doing a good doing a good sulu Yeah, that it was uh it was him playing Akira in uh Mr. Sparkle episode doing the the translation. Yeah. Like his hey, that looks like you line, which I uh did very flatly there. And this character is named uh Skip. Oh sorry, Wink. Yeah, Wink. you're getting yeah. you're getting the skunk in the face. I don't want now, the skunk Bob, for saying that. <laughs> just imagine Marge is just covered in skunk juice. <laughs> uh that that digital puppet news team, that's funny. I like that. Yeah, uh, I want a digital puppet instead of the the real puppets of the Republican Party we see. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Look yeah. at those clowns on the news. <laughs> uh, but yes, the game show has begun. Thank you, thank you, and welcome to our contestant from America, the Simpson family. You honor us. Don't patronize me. 
Now, Simpson family, have you picked a wish? Well, I haven't talked it over with the family. <laughs> I think we'd all like a free dinner at America Town. No, no, no! <laughs> we want plane tickets home to Springfield. Now, our game shows are a little different from yours. Your shows reward knowledge. We punish ignorance. Ignore what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's begin. Our categories are How That Hurts, Why Are You Doing This To Me, and Please Let Me Die. Oh, yeah, number one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with How That Hurts, Skip. My name is Wink. I was able to overhear more of the murmuring with this audio clip, and Marge was really trying to go for number two. She's like, I don't know. I like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> uh, that doesn't necessarily mean pain, I suppose. I, well, Maddie, how accurate is that text on screen there? Yeah, no, again, it looked, uh, it looked accurate to me. Um, definitely the second category is the funniest sounding to me. It's like in Japanese, it's, Nande sona koto suru no, like, it's like, why are you, why are you doing that? It doesn't, I don't know if it necessarily has that implication to, that means like to me, but it's, uh, yeah, that one, that one definitely makes, that? yeah, like, that one definitely makes me laugh. Um, and I was going to mention too, um, the like Japanese title of the show. So in, in English, it's the happy smile, super challenge family wish show. And it's basically the same thing in Japanese. You can see it like on the wall behind the host. Oh, um, it's warate tanoshiku kazoku de charenji onegai something something show. So it seems like they just kind of did that word for word <laughs> and put that on the wall. Yeah, it sounds like a word to word replacement there. Then the uh, and again, this is a. Japanese game show that's all done in English. They even have a plummet sign that's yeah. written in English. <laughs> and I guess the first uh, Owl That Hurts is basically beating Homer as a human pinata. And there's like this crazy story on the commentary that Donna Carey tells. I don't know if he's just bullshitting. I wonder. But he talked about hiring a human pinata for like a birthday party. And apparently it was for children. And one of the children had like, uh, you know, taken the foam off the stick you hit the man with. And he was actually hurting the man. But <laughs> But I guess the human pinata thing was a magic trick and that he's supposed to escape them from the pinata. And candy will go like it felt like he was just it making it up. Sounds like a drug trip yeah. or something. Yeah, That's really bizarre. That. No one no one called him out on it. So I'm like, are like, you just like it sounded maybe plausible until you got to the magic trick park and then yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and the thing about like the kids taking the foam off the bats, I'm like, That's from No Disgrace Like Home. Yeah, you're just, <laughs> you're just using a Simpsons joke. I uh I you know, yes, I don't believe I wasn't too incredulous just here it said on the commentary but i think that's totally fake yeah i think I, he was just trying to like distract them <laughs> i i love the design of homer in the pig pinata that's such a funny just a funny drawing of homer covered in pink paper mache with a sombrero even on him like that's though i i think i get why they did it but Homer is gagged. The point is you don't know it's him, mm. but he is fully shouting like, ow, ow. Like, I, oh, I yeah. think they wanted to have... Oh, it's like not have, mus muffled yeah, or anything? I think they wanted to have funny Dan screaming noises. So instead of him doing like, mm, mm, like 
But the the joke is they don't know it's him, other right. than Bart who yeah. does think it is. Well, when they ask everyone but Homer to hit somebody in a pinata, like who do yeah. they think it would be? The family. That's why Lisa's like, "Oh my god, Dad, I didn't know it was you." <laughs> yeah, actually, Lisa's the ignorant one there. She should be punished for it. But uh, Homer, yeah, Homer being beaten with sticks was pretty funny. Also, that he wants his hernia to be whacked back in. That's uh, that's, that's a, a funny gross joke. Too. Yeah. <laughs> And then Homer gets asked a question that he actually gets correct. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. We didn't know. I had an inkling. Could someone please whack my hernia back in? Sure thing, Dad. Mr. Simpson, we'll cut you down as soon as you answer one question about Japan. Is the answer Japan? Actually, it is. That means you move on to the lightning round. <laughs> He seems okay, but he is being burned in turn. <laughs> hey, you're not Homer on the Japanese channel? If that's Homer, then who the hell's been putting beers on his tab? Oh! Woohoo! Um, that boy ain't right! <laughs> I thought we were bringing up King of the Hill too much on this episode. <laughs> so fits. a yeah. few hundred feet below Homer is One Piece Tokyo Tower, the One Piece park that Maddie briefly lived in <laughs> during her eight months in Japan. Or you at least went there like seven, uh, eight, I, nine? I think ten? at least ten times. Ten times, yeah. Um, wow. it's, yeah, I think it's one thing that surprises people about Tokyo Tower is it's like, oh, it's like the Eiffel Tower. Like you just like go up. That's and what it's I thought. a tall thing. But there is um, two One Piece restaurants. There is a three-story One Piece uh, theme park. There was also two stories of just like souvenir shops. It's like a building stuck in the middle of a tower. Yeah, yeah. it's like five floors of a mall at the bottom of the tower. <laughs> wow, I've I you know I've walked near it, but I've never uh, been to Tokyo Tower in all my trips there. Well, That's crazy. you you walk right in, and there's two One Piece restaurants and a One Piece store. So. All right. Well, now I'm gonna hit there. I the I wonder if this joke now would be Homer on the Sky t- Tree instead. Probably. That's definitely like the cool lookout mm. now um i mean that's the it's it's taller it's taller than tokyo yeah Tower, so my favorite though i actually went to there's a like japan loves like viewpoints like they're all over the city and they're all over in different cities you go to my favorite was actually uh in ikebukuro the um sunshine city which is the yeah, big mall lo- oh yes yes did yeah. you go up I in love, there yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the sky circus and it's mm. like super like cheesy and like all these like mirrors and like all these really <laughs> it's like really crazy decorated but it's really fun and i went there with my friends and i was like this is actually my favorite because like Skytree I went to, and I actually have never been up Tokyo Tower because I'm always too busy in the One Piece park. <laughs> but, the um, day's over by the time you're like, oh, they closed the top of the <laughs> They're kicking her out. <laughs> um, but Skytree, like, it's taller, and I guess it's cool because you're really high, but it's mostly a lookout. There was, like, a there's some, like, Hello Kitty history there when I went there, but... The one in Ikebukuro, like, I would definitely recommend that one. I thought it was the most fun. Hmm. Yeah. Now, I did you go to Namji Town while you were in Sunshine City? I didn't. So when I was there, J-World still existed. It doesn't oh, anymore, which was okay. like, it was like a Shonen Jump theme park that yeah. lasted for about three or four years. 
And so uh, that was my favorite one to go to. I'd actually prefer that to Namja Town. Like Namja Town, it's got nice food, but it's it's not the greatest. Yeah. yeah and um, the one of my favorite parts about the the Shonen Jump theme park is they had a photo spot of the crater that Yamcha dies in yes. that you could go oh. take there, yeah. a photo in, which was really, uh, really great. That's a great poll. I love it. <laughs> uh, but the, the, I do love just the drawing of Homer uh, in his like electrocution uh, outfit with his He's lightning. actually burning internally. <laughs> that's uh, that's the best line to K does. Yeah. So that's so funny. But yeah, Homer with his lightning rod hat. It's just such a cute design too. Uh, very lucky that Mo even has a Japan channel on his tv <laughs> for that joke and but, i love uh, well like the thing too i love when a character has to voice themselves mimicking another character they do oh yeah it's like yeah. such like a like yeah. a meta reference <laughs> so like yeah having um dan castellanetta having to do barney doing homer yeah um, <laughs> that is that is a fun challenge for him yeah, yeah. um oh and i was going to briefly mention the um the the game show host what he says like after the answer is revealed to be japan oh, yeah. when he when he peeks behind the, the curtain he said he's like he's like oh like you idiots like who wrote this <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, funny. yeah I, so. yeah i like that it's almost a japanese tourism question of like i think it was like would be like did you know but <laughs> what country has the most blank yeah or the well, best it was blank? it was really funny because when um some of my friends visited me while i was in japan and like we were just kind of like walking around the city and we went by um like nihon university and I like asked my friend, I'm like, do you know what Nihon means? And he was like, is the answer Japan? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, 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 Barney's Homer disguise is pretty bad, too. I'm surprised it uh, convinced them for that long. That could be another episode. That and yeah. uh, Ned's competitor. We have two other plots yeah. spinning out of this episode. Uh, but uh, yes, then Homer, uh, they then are given their final round, which they go to what is apparently a very convincing fake fall volcano that like the simpsons thing is just a real volcano somewhere it should reek of oranges and wasabi that <laughs> volcano well so how far that has to be like on the roof of the t- tv station or something because they just fall through a tube <laughs> back into the place but uh yes the final challenge begins congratulations simpsons the airline tickets are yours all you have to do is to pick them up from inside that volcano. Why are you so cruel? (laughs) (laughs) This vacation really blows. Well, at least we're past the lightning round. Hmm, I see. I sure hope they don't have an ice cream round. Homer's dead after that second one. I he keeps think. getting hit by lightning in this episode. <laughs> uh, it almost, like, meta-wise, it's the gods punishing him for questioning the joke writing structure. Uh, but I wonder if in-universe they own a lightning machine and the, like, the TV station is literally <laughs> electrocuting him there. I like that explanation. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they get to the bridge. It is uh, There's some really great animation of how they walk on the bridge. They command Lisa to go on it because even though Maggie is lighter, they make Lisa do it instead. Uh, and yeah, Lisa's like, you know, walking on the thing is really well done. And she pulls it off and then uh, 
Wink presses a button and the bridge breaks in half. Yeah, the human bridge scene is very funny, but also just a lot of uh, stage directions. Yeah, yeah. But uh, very well done animation-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, each family member grabbing the next, like Homer, Marge to save Lisa, then Homer to save Marge's shoe. other shoe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Bart realizing that the tickets could fall in there, so he like jumps over the, re- uh, the rest of the family to get the tickets. And the animation of the them wiggling is that or the waves in it as they as the bridge shakes is really good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, and then one of the biggest cheats like when I saw this the first time, I really did think like, how do we yeah. get out of this? Like, <laughs> and when they actually when Marge says, I think this is the end. And they really do just splash into it. I was like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't know what to think in first viewing. So 10 great seasons of the show come <laughs> I, to an end. I mean, it's a real F you of an ending afterwards, but at least it does work for shock of value of like, they really did that. Wow. Obviously the Simpsons family is not dead. Don't worry, that lava is just orangeade made by our sponsor, Osaka Orangeade Concern. It burns! It burns! It's loaded with wasabi. <laughs> Kudos, Simpsons. You have won your freedom. Before I go, I want to say something. Game shows aren't about cruelty. They're about greed and wonderful prizes like poorly built catamarans. But somewhere along the line, you lost your way. For shame. Coming up next, a Canadian couple who say they are deathly afraid of scorpions. Ooh, that stings, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> ah, oh, oh. Sting those Canucks. <laughs> I love this show. Take that, you stupid hosers! Homer immediately back on board with the show after after mm. lecturing the show. <laughs> well, once he sees somebody tortured who isn't him, yeah. he's fine. I, uh, in the commentary, they say there was a big cut there. Like the Homer's speech was much longer. You can see in the eighty, like you can definitely see it's like stitched together lines. Like Homer's lip sync is way off in his speech. And he there. mentioned like different products they probably couldn't clear to mm. have him oh, mention. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and though I guess his poorly built catamarans, like he's talking about the gag prizes you'd win on uh you know what's behind door number three yeah like a goat yeah or whatever yeah. which you know that i guess that isn't torturous it's just like mean also i bet you didn't even get the jo- goat or any of the joke no, prizes no. on those things uh but the i also i don't think i'd want a orange drink f- loaded with wasabi that doesn't i don't <laughs> think there's i don't know that were there any wasabi drinks there i would think that's not common no <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I, well, at least they know what wasabi is. The writers of the show, they know that. But yeah, uh, but it's 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 weird because it's like it's burning Homer's clothing. Like, uh, yeah, that's true, and his flesh. Yeah, I mean, I guess the- like it seems like it seems like the joke is that he's like thinks it's lava, but he's and but he's like overreacting. But then mm. you're like, wait, his clothes are actually there's like holes in his clothing. Yeah, Marge too. I'd also like. It also at least had to be boiling because it's bubbling under them. <laughs> Even if it's not lava, it is bubbling. <laughs> well, also, they should know that 
I would think by smell you would know you're hanging over lava and not, not orange yeah. drink. Orange and wasabi. Hey, you, you guys don't know what lava smells like. <laughs> I, I guess not. Maybe it doesn't smell like oranges. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, and for Homer's speech to work too in the audience, for them actually to feel shame, it's just this is a fluent in English audience uh, that, that came to this show. <laughs> Uh, but and also the Canadian man who's being stung is designed to look like director Neil Affleck of The Simpsons. Yeah, so. famously Canadian, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and also an actor. He's been on television before, right? Uh, but yeah, like yeah. in the eighties. He was a, like a teen actor. I think they probably just cut that Homer thing down. They're just like, this episode's getting long. We need to make a time cut. And this this speech isn't as funny as we thought it was. So let's just speed it up. Yes, the family gets on the plane, uh, clearly very exhausted. And so we get our final joke to, you know, again, another joke they failed. They did this joke about japanese drinks but no japanese vending machine jokes either mm. again if they'd have been if they'd actually gone there as tourists they definitely would have made a joke about that oh yeah yeah for sure uh, but yes the simpsons are leaving japan <laughs> goodbye japan i'll miss your kentucky fried chicken and your sparkling whale free seas folks we're experiencing some moderate godzilla related turbulence at this time so i'm gonna go ahead and ask you to put your seatbelts back on when we get to thirty-five thousand feet he usually does let go so from there on out all we have to do is worry about mothra and uh, we do have reports he's tied up with uh, gamera and rodan at the present time thank you very much that's a good you know alf clausen did a good uh, version of like toho music there mm. to end it like bum, 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 bum. that's good and they just used the godzilla sound they didn't uh, worry about <laughs> copyright on that no, no no and at least you know i'll give it to them too from uh, what i know of kaiju films and i'm not a super expert but i've seen a few the the flying ones they all name are correct mothra rodan and gamera they all fly so they would be the ones they'd meet at thirty-five thousand feet there are a lot of like big weird endings in this half of the season mm. where i can think of three so far where it's like two are monsters are real endings where yeah. uh, the Loch Ness monster is real also all the godzilla monsters are real and then the rapture one was a trios of horror episode but still it was like mm. it ends with like oh the rapture happened and the simpsons are going to hell so yeah, I, I think they were getting kind of punchy with uh, endings. Like, you know what? There's no status quo. We're going to make sure monsters are real or <laughs> hell is real or everyone is now dead. This ending joke is like 20 seconds. So it didn't bother me. I know I'm going to sound like a giant hypocrite that I complained so much about the Loch Ness Monster. And there are like six monsters. <laughs> yeah, there's six monsters all on screen in a normal episode of the show. But it happens so quickly at the very end. Unlike the like four minutes you spend with the Loch Ness Monster in Monty Can't Buy Me Love. So that's why I this doesn't bother me as much. It's uh, The only way it bothers me is it's just like it is such a boomer idea of Japan. Of yeah. Like, oh, what do I think of? I think of old Godzilla movies. Like, at the very least, they didn't do, which The Simpsons did do uh, in Marge and Chains. They didn't do a dub actor joke. Yeah, like it's a way, way too late for that. That mm. the, When they did it was the time to do it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was okay then dubbing technology by 1999 had thoroughly improved by that point 
I, I do like that they just straight up use the Toho designs and sound effects without any fear of the very litigious company. <laughs> yeah, well, and I feel like I, I, someone must have been like a big kaiju fan because mm. there's all of them at the end. And then like before I was mentioning all the signs yeah. in the background are just like kaiju names. So I feel like there must be a kaiju nerd somewhere in there. I would bet on in the animation field, there are a number of kaiju yeah, fans exactly. yeah. who draw and Simpsons. Knowing what I know about Mystery Science Theater, like boomers grew up with these movies on TV, like in the 60s mm. and 70s. Yeah. They were just on TV on Saturday afternoons, so you get to know all the monsters. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the time, it was the cheapest of programming. You just, uh, you know, get a bu- like three non-union actors, uh, one woman and two men, and then they talk over a film you paid very low amount of money for. And it uh, it was easy to fill television time with that back then. We've uh, good old Prince of Space. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the true final shot of the episode is meant to induce seizures, which I think that, again, that's another joke. I'm like, I doubt Disney would do that just because that does open them to lawsuits. Yeah. I mean, I wonder like how many times they had to run that to make sure, okay, this is completely safe, right? <laughs> I feel like they just assumed it was fine yeah. and just put it on. I, I mean, when you're trying to list reasons this wouldn't air in Japan beyond the just insensitivity and the emperor joke using toho designs like as is that would open them up to at least like legal problems in japan and on top of that the seizure shot actually wouldn't be allowed on television yeah trying to replicate a seizure shot yeah would not be uh not be kosher there so i could see other problems with this airing in japan too Mm -hmm. this is a fun time capsule for me to remember what it was like as a person who dreamed of going to japan but didn't think he ever would compared to a person who's now been to Japan a few times and has a slightly more informed view of it, at least from a tourist standpoint, not like resident or fluent in the language or anything. But yeah, yeah. so the episode feels a lot different to me than it did then. There's still some funny stuff in it, but some other stuff I'd get rid of, especially the transphobia. Boo on yeah, that. Yeah, at least there wasn't a panty vending machine joke in this episode. Oh, thank God. We were yeah. saved that. But I think it is, uh, it's really dated, but it's 20 years old, so of course it is. But it's also a very good just like snapshot of what americans thought of japan in 1999 before the turn of the uh, century so i think that it's useful in that context just to see like how uh, both enlightened we were and also unenlightened about this uh, this fun new country <laughs> called japan <laughs> i'm sorry maddie Oh, yeah. No, I think I have a pretty similar viewpoint. Like, yeah, there's some good jokes, but it definitely is. uh, It's what you would expect for an episode about Japan from 1999, I think. Mm -hmm. So, Maddie, you've been our special guest for this episode. Thanks for coming in to Berkeley to record with us. So please talk about all the stuff you're doing. You've got a Patreon. You're on Twitter. You do art for the One Piece podcast. You do a little podcasting yourself on your Patreon as well. Yeah, um, so you can find me on Twitter at the letter O, that's Raspberry, where I um, talk about a lot of various stuff, cartoons, One Piece, games. I post a lot of artwork there. And you can find my Patreon, I mentioned it before, patreon.com slash Maddie's Art Club, where I do a sticker sheet and a postcard print every month. Um, I also mentioned I just did Simpsons this month. Um, before, I've done, uh, let's see, Link's Awakening, OKKO, OK um, Dragon Ball, and... Oh, Mario RPG. Mm. So, um, yeah. So if you want to check that out, and I do like mini podcasts on there. I also post sketches. Um, and then I'm also every week, you can find me on the One Piece podcast, twitter.com slash One Piece podcast. I do the artwork, the episode images for that. Um, so if you're a One Piece fan and you're current on the manga, um, I would just recommend checking that out because it's a lot of fun. 
Awesome. Thanks yes. so much, man. Thank you for being on the show with us today. Can't this, wait to have you back again. This too. very thorough exploration of Japan. Wait, what mm. time are we at? I'm just curious. Uh, close to three hours. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So if you're not on board with Japan, we apologize for going on so long. <laughs> but we love Japan. And we love all of you out there. And if you want to support our show and get every episode one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. And for the low price of five bucks a month, you'll get just that. But you'll also get access to everything behind the $5 paywall. That includes too many things to list in this wrap-up, but that includes all of our miniseries, the most recent of which, Talking Futurama Season 2 Part 1, just wrapped up. So it's over 100 bonus episodes free to listen to. And if you enjoy talking about cartoons, there's so much you haven't heard at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. And Henry, please tell everyone out there... What's happening at the $10 level? Extra long podcast for our patrons. Yes, if you're a fan of this podcast or our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, then you'll want to listen to our monthly What a Cartoon movie podcast where we talk about a different animated feature film once a month, but only for our $10 and up patrons. Sometimes the episodes go over four hours long, our longest podcast where we go in depth into a different animated feature film. This month, we did Iron Giant for December of 2019, closing it out. It is such a... A cult classic wonderful film that employs a whole lot of simpsons animators who left after season eight so if you're wondering like oh did the animation get a little worse between eight and nine it's because a lot of people quit to work on iron giant and you'll learn a ton about that but only if you're a ten dollar now patron at patreon.com slash talking simpsons so I've been one of your hosts, the Bob Mackey. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts, a classic gaming podcast every Monday and occasionally on Friday. Check us out at Retronauts.com or go to Patreon.com slash Retronauts to support that show. Henry, how about you? You can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Every time there's new stuff out, I am sure to tweet about it. Same with when we do any live shows. And be sure to follow the official Talking Simpsons Twitter as well, at Talk Simpsons Pod. We talk about whenever new stuff goes live right there. Plus, there's even some fun viral content about twister mouths you'll see from time mm. to time. You want to be engaged in it. We just redid it. So please... Follow both of those accounts at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G and at Talk Simpsons Pod. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Next week, we'll see you for our continued exploration of season one, and that will be Bart the Genius, and we'll see you then. 